This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. Uh, the show that has still not thawed out from an icy cold Stamford Bridge. Uh, what is it about Chelsea's proclivity to lose to teams who are on an abysmal run? I know it's Christmas and all that, but do we really need to be so charitable? Bournemouth turned up at the bridge on Saturday, facing a sixth defeat on the spin. Potentially their worst run since 1994. But no problem. Chelsea are full of Christmas bonhomie. Why not gift them a 1-0 win? Well, it wasn't quite like that, but it did feel like it on Saturday. Chelsea huffed and puffed, but they couldn't blow Bournemouth's house down. And inevitably, the Cherries popped Chelsea's bubble to consign them to their fourth defeat in five games. All in all, a very frustrating and cold day for the supporters and the manager, Frank Lampard, who fronted up after the match and was clearly as unhappy as we were. Unlike the supporters, it's up to Frank to sort it out and turn around what is now officially uh, an unwelcome but perhaps expected dip in form for his young charges. Either way, Frank is right that our current form is a reality check. But, very much like children awaiting the arrival of Santa Claus, we need to be patient as this current Chelsea are very much a work in progress. Oh, and having questioned the myth of Eddie Howe, a certain person, namely me, is left eating a slice of humble cherry pie. Humble cherry pie, the Chelsea fancast, 485! So there you go. So who have we got on the show tonight? Well, I bet you can't guess. Uh, we've got Jonathan Kidd in the house. Who, do, who knew? Hello, everybody. How are you, Petal? I'm very good. May I say once again, what a fantastic title. Really? Clever. Clever. Che- clever. Clever. I can't clever? speak. Clever. Well, cherries, because they're the cherries. Cherry yes. pie. Yes. Humble. I mean, you know, Chidge, we're on We're on a, a complete, we're on a run. We're on every week. I just congratulate you. Superb. 
I don't know where that came from. Actually, I was a bit I was a bit bereft of uh, of um, you know pithy pithy titles actually this weekend. But I don't know, mate. They just come to me. What can I say? Yeah. What yeah. can I say? They just you're blessed. You're blessed, Jude. You're blessed. You just I have to admit that. No bless oblige. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm delighted to say that we have. Uh, I mean, you know, it 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 goes without saying that Mark Warrell is one of my favourite favourite people at Chelsea, uh, and I'm delighted to say that we got Marco on the show at least twenty Negronis down. Am I right, Mark? Certo. <laughs> Sono completo oggi. Yes. It's going to be a bit like that this week, I feel. Um, anyway, Marco, uh, I saw you briefly on uh, Saturday at the CFC UK stall. Uh, and, of course, you were, uh, well, I mean, what's going on, wasn't there? Biscuits, sausage rolls. Wonderful. Who knew what was going to happen? Well, you know what? Wasn't it? Groundhog Day, West Ham United. Repetition. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I tell you what. Uh, Mr. Tony Glover, the Glover man, he he predicted this in the pub, in the cock, you know. He said, I've got a bad feeling about it today. So well, there you go. Did he have a bad feeling about Hammers and um, and the other one? And, uh, I don't know, because I, I, I don't remember talking to him about it then. I really I think don't. I was bluffing you up, because I, I did... I reinitiated the competition... To guess the score and the time of the first goal. Yeah. To win a copy of Liquidator. And Mr. Glover had Chelsea down as winning 3 0. Oh, did he? Yes. Well, so- mate, in the pub before, he was he was giving it the old, well, you know, I've, I've got a bad feeling about it today. So, anyway. Nine, 900 entries, 880, no, sorry, 898 of them predicted a Chelsea victory. There were two 1-1 draws. Nobody, nobody predicted that Bournemouth would win. Yeah, but that's like, you know, whenever I bet, I never bet on Chelsea to lose. So, you know, you, you know, I can see the it, sense it, in that. It, it would be, uh, it would be, we wouldn't be backing the team, would we, Chidge? You wouldn't be, well, no. it would be creating a, a negative vibe about it. Exactly. Anyway, uh, we are not going to create a negative vibe tonight on the show, I promise. Now, on the show tonight, we ponder why Chelsea fare so badly against teams in poor form and have we been found out at home? In part two, we asked, does Frank have a problem with Chelsea's midfield? Is our fourth defeat in five games a reality check and have we been in a false position? And how do Frank and Jody turn it around? In part three, we've got a few parish notices as per uh, the results of this weekend's Who Knows Wins Match Prediction League, the Chelsea fancast pick and mix it was this weekend. And we look back at last week's Champions League match against Lille and a look ahead to next weekend's match against Spurs. And of course, we will squeeze in all of that, the fact that Chelsea are going to be playing Bayern München in the next round of the Champions League. So there we go. Uh, and in part four, of course, we've got loads of emails from you all, which is all lovely. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 of the p.m. by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Goodness me. I mean, considering I forgot to actually post it up there and do the usual... Uh, you know, the little email goes out from uh, Mixler saying we're going to be on and this is what's all going I forgot to do that because I'm being a busy boy today. Uh, lots going on, so I didn't have time. But anyway, Jonathan Perez is in. Lovely to see you. 
Yaroslav Blue. Now, Yaroslav Blue, I'm sure I was supposed to see you on Saturday, but I don't know where you were, so you, maybe you can enlighten me. Anyway, Aussie side my broken leg. I saw Alan Mays score. Kurt, Sean B, Daniel Francisco, Planet Earth is Blue, Bonnie Rig Blues, the lovely Bonnie Rig Blues, Vinod Ayer, Ida59, Brett McPhee, Loco Coco Pops, Nobby Steelers, Matthew the Americans, cheap. I mean, there's so many I could go on and on, but I won't. But it's good to see you all in there, as always. Right, after this very little short interlude, we'll be talking about the Chelsea Bournemouth game. Goodness gracious me, uh, where to start? Uh, I can't be honest, I didn't really see this coming, but maybe we should have done. First question first, Marco, why do we have a problem playing teams on a bad run? We seem to be, I mean, I know we always talk about, um, and we've talked about this many times on the show, every time we play a team with a new manager, it always feels like we lose. I actually found out that that's not the case, it's only happened twice to us. So maybe this is another false perception that whenever we play teams that are on the you know, I mean, I remember Crystal Palace a couple of years and maybe last season even, you know, but it does seem like it, doesn't it? Every time we play a team on a bad run, they turn up and we lose. Why does this happen? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of like going back to the Chelsea of um, the 60s, the 80s. I, I don't know. I mean, I remember getting into Chelsea when um, we used to lose to all the mediocre teams and then go to Old Trafford and win. And, and Donerkey scores. Well, yeah, I mean, all I'm hoping is that that spirit of the 80s is going to be re-invoked because after the drudgery of Saturday and that loss to Bournemouth, we're going to go to White Hart Lane or whatever they call it now and 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 win um and that would be fantastic because anything else doesn't bear contemplating really right now so yeah i mean i don't know it's it's just awful who who knows who knows the answer only smarties have the answer marco if you remember your 1980s stroke 90s adverts i i you know it's really interesting jonathan because i my, my media i don't know maybe it's my answer for everything at the moment uh we're going back to the 80s but actually um it seems more redolent of the 90s uh when we had that you know wonderful hoddle team and the viali team and the hullet team you know we would invariably beat the best teams around and then lose to somebody like Blackburn or, or Bolton or somebody like that, you know. We, we would do it all the time then, wouldn't we? Well, I think we tended to lose to the more rustic sides, didn't we? Because they would um, boot the ball up the pitch a lot and um, get second ball and uh, and slap, slap into us, which I think is a, um, uh, a slight problem with us, that we're, we're, we're not as... Um, as butch as we ought to be, we're not as uh, resilient. We don't have enough players. I think we talked about talked about it on Friday, didn't we? About having somebody who could actually go in and hurt a few people. 
um, which we don't appear to have at all. You know, and I think West Ham game where not a single foul was committed was a was a bizarre, bizarre scenario, but nonetheless spoke volumes about the the um, almost the skillfulness of the side and the real lack of uh, of um, I don't know application of the dark arts. I think we're we're too nice. I mean, to be fair to us, the Everton clearly uh, he's he's really put a rocket up on old Ferguson, and we just happened the timing just happened to be. Uh, completely um, typical. Um, if we played them the week before with Silvery to play one up, then we'd have won absolutely easily. There'd have been no response in the ground at all. But you've got the mad Ferguson hugging ball boys and leaping up and down the touchline, and he repeats it against United. So he's obviously just got them believing in themselves. So that's sort of understandable. I still think we would have we would have got a result there if it hadn't been for Kepper's slip. West Ham, we were. Once again, fantastic for 20 minutes, which we appear to be immensely capable of. But that was completely missing against Bournemouth. There wasn't anything. Normally, every game this season, we've played outstandingly for 20 minutes. It's been a question of putting the ball in the net. But we now seem incapable of doing it in that game in particular. We were incapable. And one thing that I couldn't get my head round was no longer were we passing short. They even talked about it on Match of the Day. It was... Zuma just lumping the ball up. The no, it's Rudiger. Rudiger was doing and Rudiger, a lot of that. Rudiger. In fact, well, in fact, that was the well, and Zuma as well. I have to say, I wonder whether whether what well, <coughs> it became slightly worrying that he isn't clearly a ball playing centre half. You think, uh oh, perhaps he's not the person we thought he was for this situation. <coughs> he's a tough guy, but um, I don't know. It's it's very it is work in progress. I don't think we should be. Uh, we should be too upset. Just, I think we were, we, we were, um, Sunday was, a um, Saturday was just, um, the worst performance of the season. Let's be frank about it. Whereas the other two, we created lots of chances, West Ham, they defended, we couldn't get through, we couldn't score, which is a problem. Everton, he, he wound them up into this bizarre, what was it? 38 tackles more than had happened in the Premier League all season because of his, uh, his, you know, Scottish, um, um, I don't know attitude towards winding people up, and they booted the ball. I think, down. I think the word I think the word you're looking for, Jonathan, is Scottish proclivity for violence. There we are. Well done. I think that's three words. Yeah, proclivity for violence. So you can understand why it happened, but it shouldn't happen because they're 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 uh, they're uh, you know they've been really good this season, but we've almost been taken to the cleaners by by teams with a slightly different philosophy. Which early on in the season we managed to to actually take teams apart with this philosophy. And uh, so I think it'll be a different different match completely against Tottenham because they'll um, unless of course Mourinho decides to play um, ten behind the ball and and try and get us on the break, which is right, 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 right. You're you're running before you can walk. Uh, I know. By the the way, that that soliloquy from Jonathan goes out to our good friend Phil Smith. Um, I'll explain later. Uh, I, I think the thing is, you know, look, we've we've all we've always, I mean, come on, the older heads amongst us of which I include myself, I've, I've always known that it was inevitable that we were going to have a blip in form sometime along the line. I mean, you know, I've, wa- I've watched really experienced Chelsea sides and very, very good Chelsea sides have a blip somewhere along the line. I mean, I remember we used to do a show every year saying, remember, remember, we're shit in November. So, you know, as I said, I think the inevitability about a, a young side on, on the whole um, and uh, an inexperienced management team was going to have a blip in form. I think that the, the issue with, that I find a bit annoying, Marco, is the fact that it's it has come against West Ham, Everton, and Bournemouth. And you know, 
no matter no matter what the situation generally you you should expect Chelsea to beat Bournemouth at home and and certainly West Ham at home so it is a bit disappointing I think the thing is Marco just to kind of counter that in a sense I mean Bournemouth in a way are becoming a bit of a bogey side for us aren't they they are but I mean if you look at if you look at um, you know both both those games uh, the Identical score lines, identical passages of play, namely um, a huge amount of Chelsea possession, uh, set pieces, corners and free kicks, dominating on those. We have a familiar problem where William, as it happened on, on Saturday, was culpable for failing to beat the first man from the corner of which I think we had nine that I counted, uh, of six of which he failed to beat the first man with, um, and then a free kick in a dangerous position where he fails to beat um, the, the wall. You know, Stoke City would have probably scored... Stoke City, Pete Premier League, Pulis, would have scored a couple of goals from the set-piece possession that we had. That is basic training ground football you know it's it's not excusable and that is the biggest frustration for me because it was the same story certainly Saturday certainly against West Ham the first half against Everton we dominated possession um you know that's kind of training ground stuff and that is perhaps more frustrating for me than any other aspect of um those defeats and you know at the end of the day with we, we, against West Ham you know they weathered the storm they realised Chelsea just couldn't get it together in the penalty area they muscled up scored a goal boss midfield game over against Bournemouth it was ludicrous because the goal came their goal came I think it was like Inside the last 10 minutes. Yeah, 84 minutes, mate. Exactly, you know, and all, all of that stuff, um, you know, people can cry and whinge about uh, not having Hazard or the defence not being good enough, but those games have been lost through very, very basic, um, you know, training ground exercise and not capitalising on you know, simple set pieces where you've got an opportunity to capitalise on the possession that you've got through winning corners and winning free kicks in dangerous areas. You have to score when you have that many opportunities to do so. And that changes the whole complex of the game. You know, you score an early goal from a corner or, or whatever. You know, I mean, the, the big joke was, uh, I think it was against Lille, you know, um, Aspilicueta scored a header from a corner and everybody was, wow, look at that. Wasn't it beautiful? Look look at the way he rose, salmon-like, and headed the ball in. But, you know, I mean, that, it, it should be happening more because we have all those opportunities. And Lampard, Lampard's piss must be boiling because <laughs> he, he was the corner kick taker. He was the designated free kick taker. He was the penalty taker. 
he did all of those things for Chelsea Football Club. Uh, and, you know, the, the reason he was so good at all those things was he, he practised and practised and practised, you know, and you, you hear all these stories of, you know, particularly about Beckham staying on the pitch till, you know, the, the cows had gone home and it was dark, taking free kicks and practising corners. You know, all of that stuff is basic. And it's just really annoying that, you know, you look at all these things and, yeah, people are saying it's because we don't have the, the, the talent, we haven't been able to sign people. Fair enough. But that aside, it's the basics. If we were doing the basics, we, would, we wouldn't have lost to West Ham, we wouldn't have lost to Everton, we wouldn't have lost to Bournemouth. And, you know, we wouldn't be having the conversations that we're having right now and there wouldn't be the meltdowns on social media that there have been, which, you know, are kind of misdirected. So, you know, my, my, my problem with Chelsea and these results isn't with necessarily with the players, it's just with the way they're being coached. I, I don't know, it's just... Well, I mean, you, 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 you say you say that, Marco, and I, 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 you know, far bit for me to. Def- well, no, no, I, I, I love the fact that you're both really ranty tonight. It makes my job so much easier. I mean, I'm not going to try and just defend Frank for the sake of it or Jody for the sake of it, but you and I have both watched the game long enough to know that the managers can't kick the flaming ball. You know, William is a professional footballer. He's a Brazilian footballer. He has a, he has more talent in his toenail clippings than I've ever had kicking a football, why the bloody hell can he not uh, reach the, reach, you know, the, hit the target, if you like, on a corner? You know, I mean, maybe if, the, if, 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 if you could find fault with Jody and Frank at all, it's to say, why, you, why have you still got William taking bloody corners? Maybe well, give it to somebody else. Mason Mount used to take them for Derby. Well, Mount, Mount has taken a few. Emerson took a couple. Um, Emerson was on... Uh, corner duty as well and then mount after William went off and it, it just seems to be I don't know it's, it just seems to be a problem with Chelsea irrespective of who is delivering the ball well, you, you talk about Frank taking free kicks I mean my, my perception of Chelsea's uh, sorry corners not free kicks my perception of Chelsea's corners is that we haven't had a decent corner taker since uh, Zola and or Graham Lasseau. So there you go. Listen, I'm going to move this on a second, Jonathan, um, because I this is really interesting because, you know, I'm doing this breakfast show with Paul Mortimer, who, of course, you know, used to play, uh, play you know, he played in the Premier League, so he knows his onions. And played he said, for Villa? No, he played for Charlton and Brentford and Bristol City, I think. So uh, oh, anyway, well, anyway. Not, you're thinking of Dennis Mortimer. I am. But... I'm thinking of Bob Mortimer, the comedian. I'm thinking oh, of love jo- it. John Mortimer. The playwright. Anyway, <laughs> we, we digress, as we always do. But anyway, look, Paul Mort said to me a few weeks ago, mine, not, not like Sunday, he said, he said Chidge, I think, I think you know, teams are going to find you out. You know, because that's what happens, and 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 I think that's what's happening at home, uh, and I think this is all wrapped up together. So just bear me out for one second, but you know, all these teams turning up at Stamford Bridge, sticking loads of men by the behind the ball, and then punishing any mistakes that we make, which they kind of know we're going to make on the counter. 
so that's number one. But number two, in a game like that, and this is kind of what Frank was moaning about, wasn't he? Passing, you know, sideways, 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 not being able to break these teams down. And, you know, this is a game where we do miss, I think, a player like Hazard. Not saying we miss Hazard, but a player like him. A player who can make that difference in a tight, scrappy game. Because as Marco was saying, Jonathan, you know, we get a goal early doors. It's a different game, isn't it? Well, that's always been the case, hasn't it? But even when we were playing very well for 20 minutes, we still weren't scoring. I was disappointed to see that um, David Lee, Rodney himself, um, made a statement about they need to play, this is on Love Sport, need to play players of experience, so he should be playing Giroud. And uh, I'm afraid, Rodney, I don't think that that's... um, that's a really positive thing to be stating because I think uh, I think Rodders can turn quicker than Giroud, even indeed, at his age. Indeed. So I was a bit disappointed being asked to retweet that because I thought, well, I'm not going to touch that with a barge pole. But, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't read it and retweeted it anyway. I, I, I've now learned my lesson. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't fucking listen to it. Just put it out, mate. You know. <laughs> but no, uh, just just to get back on something that um, that Marco was saying that I uh, obviously agree with completely about the the lunacy of. Uh, of um, corners is also I still don't quite get how we always seem to when we get a free kick say there seems to be a one place if you're sort of five yards outside the D you have a you have a, a dip at goal but if you're a bit further out you just pass it back again and it ends up being passed back to the centre half and possibly back to the goalie which always strikes me as being absolutely bizarre because once again to use um uh, P- uh, uh, Stoke and um, uh, um, uh, Pulis, what's his name? Pulis, yeah, Stoke and Pulis. He he used every available opportunity to get the ball in the box. Rory did that throw-ins. Yeah, and throw-ins as well. I'm not suggesting we go down that route particularly because it's all a bit route one and it's all a bit, uh, you don't have the players to do it. But I think the choices being made are slightly bizarre given that they're in very good positions and they they tap it to each other and then they get pressed and the ball goes back to the goalkeeper. And you think, well, surely that's a complete waste of a, uh, of a free kick. Um, but sorry, Chidge, what was the question that you initially Well, I, I, just, I just think that, you know, we, we do have a problem, Houston, actually, because I do think, you know, th- this is the beautiful thing about the Premier League, actually. Well, being found out, yeah. Well, but I think, t- you know, people knock the Premier League. I have this argument with Mortz every week. So it's, a, it's a load of shit, mate. He said, the quality's rubbish. So I said, no, it isn't. Don't be such an idiot. I said, the fact is that any team can beat any team on the day and you cannot rest on your laurels. They work you out bloody quickly in this league. And, and you know, it's really hard to break down a team that's going to put 10 men behind the ball and, who, and who've got, you know, I mean, generally, most of the players in the Premier League are pretty good footballers. You break away on the counter-attack and you can you can concede. But Bournemouth had two shots on target. Two yeah. shots on target. You make one mistake, you get punished. Boom. Simple as. So, you know... And that happened with Wolves last year as well, didn't it? And the yeah. outcome was completely phenomenal. And we... We, um, but it, but it is a pro- sorry to finish to answer your no, question. No, no, it is, a, it is a big problem. I agree completely. But, but, but to, but, to say that you wanted Hazard, we're talking about Hazard. You want a player like that, you know? I, I, I think it, obviously to get a player like that would be fantastic to get. They just that. make the difference, J.K. On a, well, on a game like they, that, you know, when it's hard well, to I break think, somebody I, down. It's what we've talked about before. I think they need a, a couple of world class players. I think you should yeah. try and buy them. Yeah. I agree absolutely. But um, it's interesting, isn't it? You, you mentioned match of the day, actually, and and and, and are they they actually made. Uh, we should send Ian right out to the jungle more often, mate. He's, he's obviously had a bit of a reflective time and come back talking some sense because 
the point about Rudiger and, and Zuma going route one and just hoofing balls up to the forwards, that they, they showed the clips brilliantly about mm. the exasperation of Jorginho, yeah. who was in space, and actually even if he's not in space, he's good enough to be able to beat the man and get another pass yeah. away. And Rudiger and Zuma were just ignoring him, and he was looking more and more and more pissed off with it. And There's they were making been playing all season, Chidge, isn't it? The, the ball goes to, to Jorginho, who either yeah. does a very quick one um, immediate pass or he controls it passes off to Kovacic or whoever and uh, and a triangle is made or the ball then is in the penalty area with Mount or Abraham and he flicks it off that's the way they've been playing so what on earth they were doing was completely beyond me bad Non-stop. day at the office mate it was, but well, yeah, perhaps. But it was the worst possible thing. Of course, they got every header, you know, and then they've got possession of the ball, mm. you know. I mean, uh, oh. Anyway, uh, yes, so there we go. I mean, there are other things to do with this, and we're going to get into this, actually, right now. Uh, in, well, in part two, anyway. We're going to ask, does Frank have a problem with Chelsea's midfield? Is our fourth defeat in five games a reality check? And uh, have we actually been in a false position up till now? And how do they turn it around? How do Frank and Jody, Jody turn it around? We will be back in a minute. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with Jonathan Kidd. And Mr. Mark Worrell. Buonasera. Yeah. So how are the uh, how are the uh, Negronis? Are they kicking in? Well, I've now got um, uh, draft can Guinness. Lovely. You got. You sound like you got a terrible cold, mate. Oh no! I have. Uh, I'm on. Uh, had a bit of a crap year. Health. I know you have. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. So like the. The cough cold thing that everybody's had, it's actually on its way out. So oh, right. I'm just hoping that now the festive season is uh, fully getting into swing. I am uh, about to achieve fitness. Hurrah. So, yeah, I'm going to make a Ruben Loftus cheat like recovery. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope He's so. He's not doing very well, though, Marco. Well, don't tell him that. Tell him, tell him he's going to make a, 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 a I don't know, a Kante like recovery. Maybe not. I'm going to shut up now before I dig an even bigger hole. Uh, but talking of Kante, actually, it's quite pertinent because uh, it's. It, I mean, you know, maybe it's just coincidence. I don't know. But um, when Kante was out, uh, Jorginho and Kovacic uh, and Mount to a degree, but particularly those two, forged I think a superb partnership and and really. You know, Kovacic just looked a different player to the one we saw last year, and Jorginho looked to be coming into his own, and it was really humming along. And uh, now Kante's come into the midfield, it's kind of, I think, queered the pitch somewhat, because they're not in the same kind of form. I mean, obviously, Frank didn't even pick Kovacic, uh, you know, on Saturday to start with, which I suspect because he thought he was tired. But it, it seems to me, and we've talked about this before on the show, but four into three simply doesn't go. <coughs> I don't know the solution to this, uh, Marco. But what, what, you know, what do you think? I might have a. I mean, do you think Frank's got a problem in his midfield? 
not sure. I mean, I, I think um, Kovacic had started something like a dozen games prior to, <coughs> excuse me, um, prior to Saturday. So, you know, was he due a rest? I, I must admit, I mean, when uh, when Chuckles cabbie Jason um, first with team news, as he always is at the CFC UK store, said, oh, Kovacic is on the bench. I went, what? What? <laughs> um, you know, because, like, I find it bizarre that, um, you know, okay, so he's started 12 games. How many games did Frank start? You know, didn't, didn't he play, like, 100 zillion consecutive games? <laughs> 186, wasn't it? <coughs> I, I, I have to say, I thought he made two selection errors one was Kovacic and the other was uh, was playing Dave and um, uh, and Emerson in the pairing again because I think Reese James just has to be given the position at right back mainly because his his whether he thinks he's good enough defender I'm not sure but his crosses are so vastly superior to anything that Dave can ever supply that uh, I just think that is so essential and I think Kovacic playing from the beginning is so essential because he has been outstanding. So that was a really weird decision. Perhaps, I, I, perhaps I, I, they underestimated Bournemouth. Perhaps it's that. Perhaps it, that was the big, the big problem. Perhaps he thought, well, they're on a terrible run. I can, I can give people a rest. Worst possible thing you can do in the Premier League. Marco. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that's right. That was deja vu to the West Ham game because, you know, West... West Ham, uh, Bournemouth came to Chelsea having lost five consecutive games. West Ham's form coming to Chelsea wasn't as bad, but it wasn't far off. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of going into the West Ham game. I think we had a Champions League game straight after. So there was a, a little question of rotation. Going into the Bournemouth game, that that they they were without nine first team regulars and we've got a free week this week so that whole you know none of none of that made sense but in terms of the team selection the only one that I really had a question mark over was well you know Kovacic the man who couldn't score who scores the man who's dominating ball in midfield. Uh, I, I just find, I found that uh, bizarre, you know, omission. Um, and admittedly, you know, he, you know, fair play to Frank. He did a double substitution. Pulisic and William were impotent, which was a shame. And he took them both off, and you know, sent on um, Kovacic and Hudson Adoy, and you know. Nothing really happened. There was that weird passage of play, I think, sort of five or six minutes later when uh, there was kind of mass panic. It was down in front of us in Gate 17. There was kind of mass panic in the Bournemouth defence and um, Tammy sort of bobbled the ball up and it ended up, I think, with um, heading it to uh, Emerson, who, who... all he had to do was sort of, you know, if he'd had a head shake like a 50 pence piece and caught the ball, it would have gone in. 
but he, he tried to direct it and just sent it straight into Ramsdale's hands, which was kind of disappointing. But, you know, um, I, I don't know. It's just like, is that unlucky? Maybe, you know, but when it, when it starts happening week in, week out, you kind of think, maybe, maybe it just needs to sharpen up a little bit. And yeah. I think, you know, I would take, I'll take that defeat to West Ham and that defeat against Bournemouth and bank that for anything other than being humiliated at White Hart Lane on Sunday and Mourinho and all of that nonsense that we know is going to come, you know, like an avalanche uh, from from that direction in, in the build-up to the game. Um, it's interesting and you know I'm a concerned little bit yeah but uh, you just want it you don't want to see when it's just basic stuff well let, let, let's talk about this Marco because you know sorry I, I'll just finish go on, go on there mate yeah sorry what mate what I was going to say was if you know you get a lot of people on social media saying we haven't got the players. We need to buy, you know, honestly, these people who say we have to buy Jaden Sancho, who's a 20-year-old, you know, buy a 20-year-old for a hundred uh, million pounds and that's the solution. It isn't. You know, we, we need to, we need Kraft and Guile. We need John a John Terry figure leading that team preferably in a centre-back position. We need somebody, whether it's a midfielder or uh, an out-and-out striker, who, who can just really make the most of all that possession. It's that simple. You know, it's not rocket science. It's not the rest of the team. Well, it's not, it's not Frank Lampard, but that's what that's what needs to happen, in, in, in my opinion. And... Um, you know, the the, the, the the training ground stuff, I just find that frustrating. You know, I, I don't know who, who, yeah, maybe people say, well, it's Frank Lampard's fault, it's Jody Morris's fault. But, you know, those, those guys are professional footballers. And, you know, if I was William watching a video of that game, I'd just be like shaking my head going, son, get out on that pitch now. You know, it's quarter. Well, it's it's, it's shameful. It's shameful. I have to say, I agree with Marco. That is completely alarming. This inability to take corners is absolutely bizarre. Well, it is, but you know, it's not. It's not fucking new, is it? That's the trouble. And I think that's what I think. This is. Do you know what? I have no idea. I mean, you know, it it, it would seem easy to point the finger at the coaching staff if they're not getting their message. I mean, let's be very honest here. We coated Sarri off, or some of us did. Jonathan didn't. But we, we coated Sarri off all season for, for not getting his instructions across to the players or not communicating it in the right way. It would be very hypocritical not to even suggest that that might not be happening at the moment with Frank. But I don't know. I'm not there. You know, who knows? Maybe players are all stupid. Who, who can say? What I will say, though, is that I agree with Marco, like you, Jonathan. And we've been saying this for weeks, haven't we? You know, if we're going to buy players, what you need is you need world-class and or experience to supplement what you have because what we don't have 
uh, is enough experience and we certainly don't have enough world class and maybe you know when I was saying about we're missing Hazard well that's where you know you, you, you've lost a world class player a player who can turn a game win you a game when you're playing like shit that's what we're missing the other thing that I wanted to bring in because it kind of you know joins in with everything that, that Marco was saying Jonathan is I get we're all frustrated I, it, I hate losing. We said this on, on Saturday, didn't we, in your little video piece. I hate losing, but this has to be tempered, surely, by a little bit of perspective and reality. You know, like I said, I always thought we'd have a blip in form. It was almost inevitable. Um, perhaps it's not a bad thing that we're getting this reality check, which is what Frank was alluding to. Well, I think in particular, if he if he's deciding that some players aren't delivering in the way that he hoped they would... It's uh, it's good for his assessment of how he wants to compose the side. I don't think he's going to change his approach to playing, which is this, you know, the very hard, um, uh, the very swift passing, which he commented on at the end of the game. He said we just did slow, slow backwards and forwards, didn't he? And it, and we're going to get onto this. He felt that the uh, the crowd consequently didn't get behind the team because there was nothing to watch. Um, but he, it's it's to me, it's. If he can't find the personnel to do it properly, um, he has a, a war chest. So uh, let's see what he comes up with. I find it actually very exciting what he's going to come up with. Well, let's hope because somebody has already said on Twitter that it's nothing to do with him and it's all down to Marina. Yeah, and I, I, of course, it's bollocks. But I, but they, you know, people need to be aware that with Petr Cech involved, you've suddenly got somebody who is 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 a direct link with the board and also will have, they'll all know what's going on in Europe at the moment and they'll all have spoken to various agents. So uh, um, I think it may mean that players that he thought were more reliable perhaps need a little bit more time. I mean, I say I'm a, the conundrum of why um, Rhys James is suddenly not in the side. I know Tomori is, uh, is injured, um, but I'd be intrigued to see what the combination would be with a centre-half if... Uh, if they go out and buy somebody, will it be that Rudiger plays with them, or will will he want more of a ball player? I, well, I, I, I think Christensen isn't going to be there for long. I'm afraid. I, I think this is this is a, this is also a really crucial point. And and I, again, I don't I don't I mean, God blimey, mate! I, I'm not I, normally I've got an answer for everything, but I've got an answer for nothing tonight. But it does occur to me that one of the problems we got at the back is 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 you know it's it's kind of like a golden rule in football, isn't it? Is that if you you know, you what you want above everything else is consistency in your back five. You know, you want your same defensive unit playing together week in, week out, because that way consistency builds. And we've been rotating around the back for okay, you know, sometimes you're gonna get injuries and that doesn't help, I know. But it, it seems to me to be to have been a problem. And I unlike you, I hope that we can settle down into a back four that he when they're all fit, he goes right. Rudiger, Tamori, Rhys James, Aspie, possibly. I mean, Aspie, Stroke, Emerson, I suppose, for left back. But well, whatever I, I, it is, get it, get it consistent. Kid. I'll keep going on about this business with Emerson. Is that uh, you know my source says that he wants out, and he's yeah, uh, but he's he's there at the moment. So he's there at the moment. I know. Whilst he's I, there at the moment, you play him, don't you? No, in, well, indeed, indeed, because because um, Alonso he he doesn't rate at all, and he's definitely on his bike. So, uh, but but clearly, left back is a really difficult position because despite. Our love of Dave, who's wonderful, he he doesn't quite fit the way that Frank wants to play, which is uh, 
the class of fullback needs to get the ball in the box really competently. And Dave has never been able to do that, despite his wonderful blocking and his wonderful speed. And, you know, and I, I, it's an awful thing to say. I don't think he quite fits into to Frank's plan. But I think I think this is the trouble with a lot of the players that we've got. You know, yeah. we, we we don't have players who are perfect and everything. So, for example, Rhys James, who is brilliant and great at going forward whilst young and inexperienced, does get back slowly. He doesn't yes. get back quick enough yes. to cover yes. the huge gaps. Yes. So he's not perfect. No, and no, I think this not, is... He's not the right choice, is he, at the moment? No, no, no I agree. I agree. but this is the problem that Frank has got all over the place. We could go through the team. Kepa's yeah. a great shot stopper, but he doesn't dominate the area. Emerson... No can be very, very wasteful, although he's got pace. Uh, Tamori, inexperienced. Christensen, lightweight. Rudiger, great leader, and I think it's great to have him back. And he cut, doesn't half put in the occasional reducer, which I love. But is he a good ball-playing centre-back? Probably not. Aspie, perhaps his legs are going. Doesn't really get, you know, got good delivery, but he's a good defender. I mean, you know, there are flaws. Yeah. No, yeah. None of them are yeah. perfect, you know. Yeah. And he's got, and this is the other thing about the rotation, I wonder if he's felt he's had to rotate because, of course, the lack of squad depth that we've got. So, you know, maybe they are tired. Maybe there's a bit of mental fatigue, Marco. What do you reckon? It's, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, you don't have, you only have to go... Before the international break, we racked up seven straight wins in all competitions. And everybody's talking about, in inverted commas, the young players being generational talents <laughs> and William me included you know I was saying well you know Frank's clearly unscrewed his head yeah. taking it off had a look inside and gone there you go William <laughs> you're back son you're, you're, you're gonna refute all, all these claims that you're you know a heretic and a fraud and boy, did he do that. And then where did all that go? You know, we're back to square one, Groundhog Day. Um, and, you know, it's, it's becoming a little bit tiring because it's kind of, okay, so we went through that little fillip of winning those games and now we're in a little rut. And obviously everybody's behind, well, not everybody, but... Pretty much everybody is still behind Frank, wants to get it right. You know, we need one or two players. Um, you know, all of those things. Uh, and we still have that little cushion, although it's not, not as much of a cushion as we'd like it to be from fourth to fifth. I don't know if those seven wins on the spin sort of created... Uh, a false expectation. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, at the start of the season, if you'd have said by mid-December, we'd be fourth in the Premier League and in and we'd have just drawn Bayern Munich in the last 16 of the Champions League, you'd gone, I'll have some of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that is good. I'm happy with that. You know, I'm pretty certain that everybody, given that scenario, back in August, transfer ban hiatus the whole lot yeah that 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 sounds good to me but because we had that seven game winning streak and now it's gone into a bit of a tailspin and you know Tottenham are looming 
behind us and there's this big game on Sunday and Mourinho and all those horrible things, you know, suddenly it doesn't look quite as rosy and, you know, how, how, how far away away from those ridiculous hashtag Lampard out uh, tweets that, you know, will will come if we don't. Um, but can I can I just interject there quickly, Marco, because I think this is worth saying, cause I, and I've got this from the horse's mouth. They don't take any notice of anything that goes on on Twitter per se, right? So you twats with your keyboards and your wanky habits uh, in your mum's bedroom... You can hashtag Lampard out as much as you like because the club aren't going to take a blind bit of notice of you. But they will take notice of the people in the stadium. This we know. It's been proven many, many times before. It's a chidge fact. In fact, it's more than a chidge fact. It's a real fact. But there you go. So I didn't mean to butt in, Marco, but I thought it was worth pitching in with that. I I, I agree. And, you know, the, the, the fact that Nobody pays any attention to social media. It's pretty good. But my, my point is, you know, it doesn't take much. Um, you know, the, the atmosphere in, in the bridge on, on Saturday was pretty hollow, I thought, for large sections of that game. You know, there was a, quite a few defiant super Frankie Lampards. But, you know, I think people were just like looking at William. And I don't, you know, I don't want to pick on him because he does get picked on. But she's like looking at him going, you know, what the fuck are you doing? It's this Chelsea football club. You're playing Bournemouth, not Brazil. It's, you know, that, that is where I kind of have that problem because we've been there before with players like William. You know, it's kind of like, okay, so, what's changed? What's changed all of a sudden? Why can't you take a call? Why I'll tell you what it was, Marco. I've got it. I've nailed it. He's Brazilian, right? Well. Yeah, no, no, that's not the answer. That's a statement of fact. He's Brazilian. It was bloody cold on Saturday. I'll tell you what, mate. I don't know. In fact, actually, I, I didn't even ask you earlier because you, you were out standing out in that bloody cold all day. I was out in the outside a lot. I tell you what, when I got home at about nine o'clock, I, I thought I had hypothermia. It was freezing. So maybe maybe that's what it is. When it's cold, William's shit. Who knows? Um <laughs> Well, well, sorry, Jonathan. Just laughing, Jim. Okay, fair enough. I was going to, I mean, look, just to kind of follow on from from what Marco and and you were saying, to be fair, um, I mean, my own view on this is that, you know, I I, I fully expected this to not go half as well as it has done. I think thus far, last five games, uh, you know, accepted, has gone way better than I would have anticipated. Like Marco was saying, you know, fourth in the league, uh, through to the round of 16 against Bayern Munich in the Champions League, I fully expected Chelsea to be probably in mid-table somewhere and and struggling a bit and 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 not seeing three or four you know of the younger players come through and look like they can at least compete in the Premier League and the Champions League. So in a sense, I wonder if we've been in this false position. And I go back to what Frank said: it's a bit of a reality check, and you know maybe we need to kind of figure out where we are a bit. And as I said a minute ago, there are a lot of players with a, there are a lot of holes in that team. None of them are none of them are, 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 are perfect. 
I'm not so sure I agree with you, Chidge. Think okay, no, that's that's absolutely fine. My, my prerogative. I, I yep. think it's disappointing that they've played so well and they've now started playing badly. And, and and there was no there was nothing in their performances before that was a fluke, and nothing to me that's been particularly found out. They're just not playing as well. They were playing with a pace and a zip and an ability to move the ball around that was absolutely enthralling, and they're not doing that now. So and I don't think that's because the opposition have found them out. I don't quite get what it is. They're just not. They've changed tactically. They've they've. I, I'm not sure, but I'm only a few. We have to remember that even against um, uh, Valencia, um, which was pretty recent, they played fantastically. Apart from the defence being rubbish, it's still been fantastic going forwards. It's just the weekend that was nothing happened at all to make us think that was the worst performance. It was the ball wasn't being zipped quickly. It wasn't anything that Frank had. Had, had done at all for the rest of the season. That's why it was so disappointing. And that's why ultimately these this run has been so disappointing because they were playing so well. Yeah. And rightly so. They were they were terrific. And all the youngsters were playing terrifically. And as you say, William was playing terrifically. So what has happened within the club suddenly that they're wow. you know it, and then I don't think they've been found out by teams. They're not zipping the ball around as quickly. Well, I mean, you do have to give, you know, I think I think this is a fault of all of us, not not us three, but but supporters in general, doesn't matter what club you support, is we always seem to forget that the team are actually playing an opposition and and, and sometimes yes. that team can be very good at stopping you from playing and you know, I mean, it's really funny actually. I should have I should have known this would happen because I'm I'm all I'm always being asked you know, on the radio, what I think of Eddie Howe. And I always say, well, I think he's, I think he's a myth, mate, you know, because basically everybody like goes around saying he's, he, he should get a job at the next big club where there's a job going and that, you know, Bournemouth play this brilliant, attacking, attractive football and he does it all on a, on a shoestring. Well, the reality is he's got a Russian owner, they've got loads of money um, and basically Bournemouth fuck off by about December and, and just about struggle to, to stay up. So I think he's a myth. So it was absolutely written, wasn't it, that they would come here and school us. And I actually think that tactically he played it just well. And as Marco said earlier, Jonathan, you know, they had nine of their, their first team out. So that was a real scratch team from them. So fair play to them. Look, I just want to move it on to Frank a bit because um, we've been mentioning, you know, a couple of things in dispatches here. Uh I, the first thing is 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 his presser. Actually, the two are related, really, because of the the atmosphere issue. But first of all, in the presser, I just wondered, you know, it was kind of bordering on, you know, digging the players out a bit. And I'm never sure how comfortable I am with that, knowing how sensitive they all are these days. And I just wondered if he's a bit too honest. But I also wondered, Marco, if he's, I wonder if he's maybe a bit too emotionally connected to it all. You know, he he loves Chelsea like we love Chelsea in a sense. So maybe maybe he needs to have be a bit more detached. I don't know. Am I just kind of you know barking up the wrong tree here or what? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of I don't know what what is the panacea? Is it two players? Um, are we all like just getting hung up on the fact that we're we've hit a bad run of form and really as as I said earlier wow you know we're in the last 16 of the Champions League and fourth in the Premier League yeah. I don't know all, all I know is we're playing Tottenham on Sunday and if we play like we did against Bournemouth then you know 
that that's really not acceptable. Mm, indeed. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe it was a kick up the arse for them. Then maybe I mean, well, you know, Frank's a smart bloke. Let's be honest; he's been in the game a long time, and he's been managed by some super managers. So maybe it was deliberate. You know, as 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 we all know all too well, you know, the Tottenham thing's quite interesting because there's this huge history of dominating them in all competitions to the point of submission. Um, you know, which has kind of wavered in the last couple of seasons, um, although, you know, the, 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 the historical uh, uh, denial of batting them down when they thought they were going to win the league and uh, helping Leicester on their way. You know, all those things. Um, you know, you kind of think, well, you know, Frank as a player, did he did he ever play in a Chelsea team that lost to Tottenham? I'm not sure. Probably not. Um, you know, all of those things and the things that are important to supporters. Um, you know, there's a lot riding on this game at the weekend. Credibility, uh, all of that. You know, and uh, you just kind of hope it all comes together in that weird Chelsea way that it used to all come together when you least expected it without using, you know, the, the, the two word catchphrase. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I sort of, you know, I, I, I was watching the game on Saturday and I kind of thought, what the actual fuck is going on here? Um, I, I just, it was bizarre. It really was bizarre, but we've had exactly the same scenarios with every single manager that we've had in place. And, um, you know, I'm all in. My chips are all in on Frank Lampard. I want Frank Lampard to be the Chelsea manager for the next 10 years until he becomes the England manager. You know, <laughs> that, that is what I want. I, I don't want any more change. I don't want Wilfred Zahar. You know, I don't really want Ben Chilwell. You know, all of these things. Um, I just want Frank to improve the team. But I, I did wonder what the F and a Koku was going on on Saturday at times. Mm, fair play. Uh, Jonathan, the other thing that Frank uh, said, and I, I've actually got the quote here somewhere if I, if I dig it out, but uh, it was misconstrued by a few people, unfairly, I think, because I don't think he was digging out the fans. Um Oh, as as luck would have it, I don't have it. But he he was basically saying that um, it was the responsibility of the team to get the supporters going, you know, so that they would make a noise and 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 be supportive. Uh, as you well know, uh, you know, I I I fundamentally disagree with that. I think it's it's up to the supporters to actually do what the bloody word says, support, you know. And I. I, I I thought it was a very shrewd thing for him to say because I think he was being goaded into saying that our support's shit, you know, which would lead to a, a whole plethora of opposition fans going, Frank Lampard's right, your fans are shite. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought fair play to him. But I think the reality is, mate, you know, uh, without going on a massive polemical rant about it, uh, in fact, actually, people, this is about time I plug my next article for football.london where I shall be going into this very issue. But I, I, I do believe it's gone for good. We've got an average season ticket uh, demographic of, you know, mid-50s. Um, 
nobody gets up for bloody Bournemouth, but you, you bet your bottom dollar if that had been Spurs on Saturday, that had been a right racket. And uh, in a Champions League game, Chidge, as well, they'd be up for them any against yeah. the top team, as we've as we've experienced. It's yeah. the it's the competition, it's the the opposition, and um, uh, almost the history of the opposition. You're not going to get a mad uh, response to Bournemouth. I'm afraid it's just you're not you're not you're not going to. Uh, they I tried also... at the beginning. There was a decent spot. I'm a bit worried about the spots. They don't seem to do them from one to ten anymore. They seem to go halfway through. Is that is that am I observing it correctly from my my eerie in the well, one, uh, one man went to mow? Yeah, yeah, the spot. Yeah, it just seems to go from um, suddenly starts at about eight. I keep thinking, oh, they've got to the end of the spot. Well, I haven't even heard it. What, what's happening, Mark? Have you got any clue with that? Any idea with that? Not sure to be honest with you. I never, I never quite. Um, I don't know when it went into that uh, level of analysis. I'm sorry, it's just my, one of my favourite songs. I've always loved it since I was little because it's been with the club for so long, that song. And I love the fact that it just goes on and on. And that's why no other other club has ever embraced it just because it's the idiocy of it. There's a kind of almost Chelsea-ness about it I've so loved for well, years like, and like, years. It's like the Chelsea, 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 yes, Chelsea, like Chelsea, well, Chelsea. It's the Amazing Grace one, isn't Chelsea, it? Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. We, hasn't been in evidence either no no but what the other one that suddenly came up was the you are my chelsea my favorite my, my what's it favorite darling chelsea whatever it is, i can't remember happy yeah, it's so great. i love that one i love that that and oh exactly how much i love you so you've taken my chelsea and I love that bit, and I will always sing along to that bit, if not the rest of it. But but they tried a few of those at the very beginning of the game, and I thought, oh, it's doing quite well, it's doing well. And then we just didn't play, and it all went completely quiet. And it was bizarre. It's gone. Apart from the big matches where everybody's really up for it and there's yeah. something on the line which yeah. gets the juices flowing, yeah. it's gone. People don't come to football now to make a racket and support. I think a lot of this is down to the the uh, well, uh, well-discussed well uh, song police issues and all of that, which makes everybody rather nervous about being uh, evicted uh, from their, or, you know, from or banned or whatever. But I think the bottom line is, is that too many people go to football. We, we are reaping the whirlwind of 20 years of ethnic cleansing, in a sense, or, or certainly class cleansing in football. There are too many people that go to football... Uh, to be entertained you know it's part of the it's like going to the cinema or the opera it's not about going to football you know you, you we've all been going for 30 40 years probably even longer in your case Jonathan you know it was very different then it's not the same I think it's gone forever and I think it's very very sad but I don't even with all the things that that we talk about on the trust and we are the shared and all of this lot about safe standing la 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 la, la it's gone Unless you you know reduce the ticket prices to like five quid a ticket, get local young kids you know from the area to come along who can all stand together, you know and basically unless you reinvent the eighties again, it ain't happening. It's gone. The I Premier League, Sky, and everybody else have fucked football for good. I, I do think that if we'd been winning easily, you'd have heard the choir out in full force because they they they're rejoicing to yep. that. It, that that it's it's actually associated with winning as well. I'm afraid, unless 
it's a it's against the top team in the Champions League or in the Premier League. Yeah. In which case, there's a kind of tension behind it. But you're not going to get that with Bournemouth, I'm afraid. It's no, just I think, not going to happen. I think you make a val you make a valid point there, J.K. I mean. But it's you know again for all three of us it's an anathema, isn't it? I mean, come on, Marco, you and I remember years ago, if the team were under the cosh a bit, you know somebody would start a great big Chelsea, 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 and 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 it would lift the team. It doesn't happen anymore unless it's a massive, massive match, does it? True, I think. Um, well, yeah. So you know, Saturday is. Really, it was like it was like watching the game, and, and the problem was, you know, Bournemouth had hardly brought um, a full contingent up to take up their capacity in the shed, and sort of halfway through the first half, there they start singing, "Is this a library?" You know, and it's like, well, you know, maybe it is. You know, I I don't know, but I think that I think that's a problem that's not just. A Chelsea problem. That's that's a problem. It's universal. United, yeah. Liverpool. I mean, I, I've got. I mean, don't don't tell anybody, but I've got a few Spurs mates uh, who tell me that it's 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 not that good in the new White Hart Lane because it's full of you know entitled people who have managed to get a season ticket for football. It's it's look Premier League has become entertainment. It's not football anymore. Like the clubs are all businesses and global brands. It, and, and inside the stadium, it's entertainment. Anyway, look, as you can tell, Chidge, I'm about Chidge. to I'm about to combust, so I'm going to shut up, Chidge, uh, Chidge, Jonathan. Chidge. Yes. Did you yes. say? Did you say Spurs mates? Yeah, one or two. Don't tell anybody. Oh, right. I am going to move on to part three because if I don't, I'm probably going to just go on the biggest rant about why atmosphere has gone ever. I shall save it for my article. Um, before I do, I, I need to read something out. Somebody's written something on Mixler about you, Marco. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's lovely. That's why I'm going to read it. Kurt says, Marco's well-articulated, common-sense tweets about Chelsea are some of the best on social media. I highly recommend following him. Here, here. Well, that's very nice. I agree. There you go. Fantastic. What uh, you did today, Marco, was great. Today? Uh, yeah. Oh, Yesterday. Anyway, yesterday, today, yesterday. Marco's Marco's Twitter handle for those of you who are not following him, and you should take Kurt's advice. It's Gate Seventeen Marco. So there you go. And anyway, on that on that happy note, actually, I'm, funny enough, I'm looking at Chelsea Fancast's uh, Instagram account, uh, and uh, I should do it more often. I'm getting I'm getting a lot of love on there. If only they knew it was it was Dane Whittle that does all of our Instagram and not me. But uh, hey-ho, I'll leave that for later. Right, part three, we're going to have a few parish notices, the results of this weekend's Who Knows Wins Match Prediction League. And uh, we're going to look back at last week's Champions League match against Lille, because I didn't get to talk about it on Friday. And uh, we're going to have a look ahead to next weekend's match against Spurs. We'll be back in a minute. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. 
It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and I am joined by the, the as-ever wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Buonasera! That confused me. I'm also joined by the wonderful Mark Worrell, whose, uh, you know, kind of catchphrase is, in fact, Buonasera, amico. Buonasera, amici. Amici. Okay, plural. Plural. We have plural. <laughs> exactly. It's lovely to have you both on, particularly you, Mark. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, you know, thank God this year's nearly over, and I, I wish you nothing but a much better year in 2020. Uh, you certainly deserve it, my friend. Anyway, oh. right, we've got a few parish notices as ever. It's it's Christmas time, as uh, Band Aid sang once. I won't do the rest of it. You'll be delighted to know. Uh, but anyway, indeed. Uh, anyway, Harsh Harsh Ratod from India. Harsh has been listening to this show for a long time. I'll cut to the chase. He's doing a a ten k run in the Mumbai Marathon. Why he's doing 10K in a marathon, I don't know. That hasn't been explained to me. On the 19th of January, 2020, um, and he's raising uh, money for uh, at the NGO that he works for, which is Chirag, and they work in education, health, and so on in India for underprivileged kids in the Kumawan region of Uttarakhand, I think. Uh, and he's a mate, and I love him, so we need to get behind him. So if you can spare a few shekels for uh, Harsh, you can go to unitedwaymumbai.org forward slash tmm hyphen fundraiser hyphen 13302 i will try and tweet it out again but actually easier than that just follow harsh it's uh, at har5h29 on twitter uh, but it, you know if you can if you can uh, donate that would be lovely uh, and it's been very remiss of us wouldn't it marco not to mention the great work that alex churchill does uh, every christmas she does this football santas uh, in aid of children affected by domestic violence uh, this is the fourth year that she's been doing this, um, trying to basically make sure some of these kids get a decent Christmas, really. Um, you can just donate via Facebook or PayPal Alex at alexandra.churchill at hotmail.com uh, and she will, uh, you know, help, you know, she'll tell you how you can do all that. 
Uh, they've been going around all the Chelsea games raising money, but they've also had some amazing prizes. Marco, I think you gave a football, signed football, didn't you? Yeah, I was just going to say, if Alex is listening, I have the football. <laughs> so you mean you promised it to her, but didn't give it to her? No, no, I've got it here. So... <laughs> You've got it there, right, OK. Yeah, so Marco, a signed football. Do you, know, do you know who signed it? What kind of yeah, era are we it's talking? The, it's the team that won the league in... Um... 2005. No, 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 no. More recently, 2015. Wow. Okay, well, there you go. And there's a uh, Andy Saunders donated the Callum Hudson-Odoi shirt that he won at Paul Cannaval's Black and Blue Do the other week. Uh, and there's a bid going in for that. The last time I looked, it was about 450 quid. I would imagine it's gone up more. It's now actually been framed professionally, uh, which is in itself worth 250 quid. So, uh there you go. Um, just follow Alex at CFCGWLB. Uh, she's always tweeting out about stuff you can bid for or raffle prizes or anything else. But do get behind it. She's an amazing character, Alex. I mean, the stuff Wonderful. she does. Wonderful. Yeah, I know. Wonderful. She's got a heart of gold, that girl. Uh, she yeah. will be on our next uh, Chelsea fan cast, actually, our next uh, kind of Monday show, which is not next week, by the way, because it's... Uh, the day before Christmas Eve, so I'm banned from doing anything then, but it will be on the 30th of December. Anyway, more of that later. Um, of course, uh, this is no by no means comparable to any of the good works that Alex and Harsh do, but obviously we have a Patreon account, uh, which many people, I'm amazed to say, donate to uh, every month, and I love you all for it. It's very sweet of you to help me cover the costs of doing the show and everything else. Um, I can finally say uh, that I have now, this day sent out by post to all corners of the world the signed Kerry Dixon banners, the little mini Kerry Dixon banners that I've been promising you for what seems like ages. So do look out for that in your post box and let me know you've got it okay. I've sent you all an email to those who wanted one. Uh, so there you go. If you want to donate to Patreon, um, it's very easy. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Do not expect lots of tiers of membership like uh, the wonderful Alex Goldberg on his byline podcast do not expect all sorts of very clever marketing gimmicks that london is blue do we just put it up there and hope for the best you know what we're like that's how we roll uh now um something else of course i've been plugging this every week uh which is the chelsea special podcast which are a series of interviews that me and martin king martin king who of course wrote hulu fan and hulu fan 2 and can be found loitering or as marco would say tarrying by the cfc uk stall on a match day martin king is hilarious great value Anyway, him and I have been interviewing the likes of Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, John Bumstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Paul Cannaval, and there'll be more to come as well. And we shove them up on a place called Podbean, which is Chelsea special.podbean.com. And uh, you have to pay £2.99 to listen to these each, but uh, that's because we're spending a fortune doing them and paying the players and all of that kind of thing. Um, the website is almost ready to rock and roll. If I get a bit of time... Uh, between now and, uh, and you know when I'm off at Christmas, I'll uh, I'll get that all working. But uh, that will be a good place to go uh, as your first port of call. And to celebrate the launch of our website, we will be releasing the uh, podcast that we've done with no other than Danny Harkins, the leader of the Shed, Marco. How about that? I was talking to Martin about that. Well, Martin was talking to me about that on uh, Saturday and saying, He's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Martin was like a, 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 like a, a kid at Christmas interviewing Danny. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it, Martin, you know, did most of that interview. I chipped in a bit, as did Martin Knight. But 
you know, Dan uh, Martin was like a kid at Christmas, and Danny is hilarious. But some great stories uh, from the sixties and the seventies, and uh, as I said, I mean, you know, Danny Harkins is almost single-handedly responsible for the for you know the the way that support changed at Chelsea. Him and Cliff Webb. It's absolutely worth a listen. So uh, look out for that one. ChelseaSpecial.podbean.com. Now uh, on to uh, matters at the weekend again, as you. Uh, We'll all know, uh, at least I hope you all know, we've been running this promotion with a, uh, a social betting company called Who Knows Wins, who are very lovely people. And basically what me- what it means is that every week I set up a Chelsea fancast league on Who Knows Wins, uh, the entry to which is five quid, and then I choose a load of matches, and then we all predict the outcome of these games, home win, away win, draw. Uh, and of course, you know, it's, the, the beautiful thing about it is it's what, 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 what you call pool betting. So... Uh, if we get 10, uh, 10 players uh, joining in, that's 50 quid in the pot. Uh, if it's 20, it's 100, and so on, so on, so on. So you get a crack at winning whatever is in the pot. So you're kind of betting against each other, which is a bit more fun uh, and palatable than betting against the odds or bookies who, as we know, Marco, rip us off without even thinking of it. Um, so there you go. And it's great fun. And uh, usually I lose, which makes it even funnier. But we had a bit of fun this week uh, because I, I did my usual... You know, mainly Premier League. Uh, in fact, uh, we had Birmingham v West Brom. I went for a win and I got a point. We had Liverpool v Watford and Liverpool won, so I got a point. Brentford versus Fulham. Brentford won, I got a point. And then it all went horribly wrong. Thanks to Chelsea ruining my acker immediately. Uh, Leicester drawing with Norwich, I thought they would win. Sheffield and Villa, I thought would draw. And they and Sheffield won and Southampton lost to bloody West Ham. That's it. Uh, from now on, people who are playing this game with me every week... There will no, there will never, ever, ever be another game featuring West Ham in the Chelsea fancast. Who knows wins league ever again? Every week they let me down. Every week. Anyway, United and Everton drew, and I predicted that. Uh, Spurs beat Wolves. I thought that'd be a draw. And City obviously beat Arsenal, which was the easiest pick of the week. Uh, the long and the short of that is that, amazingly enough, uh, I came second because of that, which astonishes me. But I can tell you, the winner is. Husky158, who got seven points out of ten, which is not a bad performance. And he won 53 quid. There you go. And uh, tying with me were Gareth Lewis, Zozo25, Pete the Lovely, Pete Sampson from the Chelsea Independent. Uh, we all we all tied for second, so we won a fiver there or thereabouts. So there you go. I commend it to you. It is great fun. It really is. And the, the other thing is I've got a chat room in there, so we can all have a bit of a bit of banter bit of banter while the games are going on and it kind of gives you a bit of interest in what's going on so all you have to do download the app on the apple app store or google play register an account deposit some money wait for me to tweet out the link uh, for the league and then or i'll just invite you if you play regularly so just look out for the invite uh, and then make your own picks and see if you can win some money and have a bit of fun so there you go i commend it to you right gents that's me parish notice is done time to talk more football let's talk about leal first um I know you've already done this, Jonathan, on the Love Sports Show, but uh, I think if there was an overriding... I mean, obviously, euphoric about qualifying for the Champions League, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it was squeaky bum again. Why did they have to leave the door open? They were so, so, so on top in that game. And then bloody Remy scores, who shouldn't have even been walking after the reducer that Rudiger gave him. I mean, mate. <laughs> yes, he really clattered him, didn't he? Oh, he did, didn't he? It was great. Wonderful. Blimey. Uh, I, I don't think... I, I think he got the substitutions wrong. I think he took players off too early, and Batshuayi appears to have... Uh, regressed to uh, 
to the Batshuayi that we loaned out. Um, other than his ability in the penalty area, he still got in a very good volley, I remember. Um, he's terrific turning. They've just got to give him the ball to feet more in those areas. Um, we just took our eye off the ball again. Which, once again, because we couldn't score because they, I mean, they, they'd given up, hadn't they? They, they, they had cha- they changed seven from the, the weekend uh, league game they'd played. So even they, they put out a kind of reserve side. They weren't really bothering. Because um, uh, that, what's his name? Uh, uh, Apina, wasn't it? Is that their centre forward? He, he never came on. And he was the one who, who caused us so many problems in the away leg with all his leaping through and falling over and clattering into people and then rolling over six times, which, of course, continental refs are always taken in by. I mean, having said that, though, I've been noticing that with some of the English refs as well. I've, I'm so disappointed in refs, as you know, Jidge. I think it's becoming disastrous, their inability to uh, to ref games properly. But, um, uh, yes, it was... Um, it was it was absolutely weird how we just didn't take them to the cleaners because they were there for the taking. And once again, we did play. We, we attacked very well up until that last squeaky bum 10 minutes. So uh, um, I don't know if if uh, if that moment when Rudiger let Remy uh, through and Remy hit the ball straight at uh, straight at Kepper. And I had that terrible moment of thinking, oh, my God, he's going to let it through his legs. And that would have been the end of that. Because despite people writing in saying, no, 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 we'd have qualified if we'd drawn, we wouldn't have done. It was the head-to-head. They would have been, uh, it would have been Ajax and Valencia through. Well, that was a real turn-up, wasn't it, Ajax? Yeah. Fucking yeah. that oh, one up. Apparently I mean, that... they were really subdued, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Can we, I just we, make we, a that... comment about yeah, of course, Champions, of Champions League? Or are we going to get on to Bayern a bit later? Well, we're going to talk about Bayern in a minute. Let's, let's, get, Leal, let's get Leal out the way first. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I just we'll thought, like you, I'm, I'm bewildered as to what on earth happened. I'm a, I th- as I say, I think it was down to the subs because they, they all took their foot off the gas. They thought it was one, didn't they? Well, they were cruising, weren't they? They were cruising, absolutely. But at the same That's... time, we know 2-0, all you need is a, a lucky yeah. moment or a la- lapse of concentration. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're back to uh, booting the ball out and... Yes. Uh, trying to play out time. I mean, for goodness sake, that was, in a sense, that was a kind of uh, precursor to what's been going on recently, wasn't it? It was a bit bit Groundhog Day, wasn't it? I mean, Marco, you've already, uh, you know, articulated your utter joy at Chelsea scoring from a corner, taken by Emerson, I hasten to add. Um, But there were some other good things about the game, really, as well, weren't there? You know, Tony Rudiger being back. I mean, we do look a different side defensively with him. Tammy scoring again. Great predatory goal, I thought. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention to you and see what you... Because we didn't kind of talk about this earlier on, although we might have done. hudson Adoy again, a lot of people are getting a bit pissy about that. I, I really do think we need to be patient with him, given that he's come back from a nasty injury. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's 19 years of age. He's come back from a serious injury. Um... He's he's sort of clearly, you know, prior to him signing that deal, he didn't think his future was at Chelsea. Then it then he got injured. He's had to sit there. You know, you got to imagine this is a nineteen-year-old kid, and all of a sudden, uh, Pulisic suddenly starts from nowhere you know, becomes Captain America and does the razzle-dazzle, scores that hat-trick at Burnley. Um, and everybody's going, wow, look at him. Um, so he's got all of that to contend with. 
and he's scratching around for minutes. So you know, the, the, it's it's a, it's it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig for him. I'm just uh, distracted actually at the news that uh, Carlo Ancelotti has just become the Everton manager. Did they hire him in the corridor? Yeah, I don't know. They'll probably fire him in the corridor as well. But... <laughs> I think that's really premature. Don't you think with Ferguson having really whipped them up into something? Yeah. I think that's really unfair on Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, well, I suppose they want that. Perhaps he was set up. Perhaps that's... He said he didn't want it. Yeah, perhaps he didn't he want said it. He really did. He said he didn't want it. Right. But there you go. I, I, I feel for hudson Adoy chaps, I really do, because my take on it is that when you've, when you've done an injury like that, if, if somebody's kind of smashed into you and broken your leg, you know that you know, there's not a lot you could do because you, know, you were going to get smashed, and it'll heal, and then off you go again, because the chance of it happening again, well, you know, whatever. When you do your Achilles and there's absolutely nobody near you, apparently, from what I understand from, from uh, you know, people who really know the game is that psychologically it has a very different effect on you because you, you, you kind of don't trust your body. You know, will it happen again? Because I don't know how it happened in the first place. So there's that element of doubt. And it, it's quite a psychological barrier to get over an injury like that. Plus the fact that, you know, there was an awful lot of hype around him, wasn't there? You know, he, he exploded onto the scene, but we didn't really see a lot of him. And, and I, 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 he's 19, you know? He's a kid. So... I think there's an awful lot of pressure on him, and maybe it's it's telling a bit, Jonathan. Well, Chidge, I'm going to, to drop a, a bomb here. Uh, I didn't think he was as great as he was made out to be last year. Well, I don't think we saw enough of him to really be able to make that decision. You well, know what I mean? He was held up as being this great player that uh, Sarri was preventing from playing. And he did show some good moments, but... Um, uh, I don't. Th- I, I agree completely. I think this has been a dreadful injury, but he he at the moment isn't um, isn't showing anything that it allows him to be selected regularly. He's coming on and disappointing every time. He's hardly taking anybody on properly. His crosses aren't very good, and he's panicking so much he keeps taking trying too hard. Maybe absolutely thirty-five yard shots. Yeah, and I almost think he should just be. On the on the periphery, and let's see. You know, I I think he's a he's a, a player for the future, but um, uh, uh, blooding him at the moment isn't doing his confidence any good at all. I'm afraid. Yeah. Anyway, the good thing is at least we've signed him up for five years, yes, so we can probably put there. yeah, he's, he's there. put put that to bed. Because I think I think maybe he might be more of a traditional youngster who will take a bit of time to to really you know break into the side, whereas. You know, if you look at the Mounts and the Tammy Abrahams and the Tamoris, don't forget they had that year playing a decent level of football week in, week out. They got miles in their legs and miles in their brain. And I think that makes a big difference. Anyway, I think it might um, work if he goes out uh, um, into the championship. I think. Why don't we loan him to Bayern? In- <laughs> <laughs> that would take the piss, wouldn't it? I thought uh, and- that Bayern player, that that poor boy Sanchez who was playing for played for Swansea briefly do you remember yeah 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 the substitute he's a shadow of his former self he yeah, was wonderful at 18 I really really felt for him when he came on because you thought I remember seeing him play for Bayern and thinking bloody hell he's a good player so mm. it sometimes it just doesn't work for them after mm. they've been playing for a bit 
Yeah. Well, you know, they're young. They're young, and they they yeah. you need a bit of patience with them. And they they they'll be you know they they will be inconsistent. It's an it's it's. I mean, you know, we've been watching football for a long time. We've seen it so many times. You know. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that the question I really want to ask Marco is, I mean. I think we've alluded to this before, but how big an achievement do you think it is for Chelsea to have qualified for the Champions League this season? I think it's huge. Uh, you know, uh, me too. As I said at the top of the show, I think you know it's kind of like ignoring all the distractions of the seven-game winning streak and the four defeats out of five that we're now in, which is kind of clouding everyone's mood. You know, back, back, back back when we had the judgment handed down of the transfer ban and Frank comes in, if everybody said, right, Christmas, you'll be fourth in the table and in the last 16, the Champions League, thank you very much. What a good job. I'm very happy with that. And to be honest with you, I am. You know, who knows what Chelsea team in two months, it's two months until we play Bayern Munich. Who knows? Will Wilfred Zaha score the winning yeah. goal? In yeah, the absolutely, or whatever the, the, the Alliance Arena, um, you know our our stadium, their cup, you know all that stuff. Uh, who knows? You just don't know with Chelsea, and that's the beauty of it. And, I uh, think, in, in fact, the super, the... super Frank, super Franky lad, part. <laughs> <laughs> I think quali- qualifying has actually given us the opportunity. To, uh, because we're we're free of the transfer ban, I have to say I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I said this in August um, that uh, if the transfer ban wasn't there and we got to the the next into the the knockout stage, um, several subtle signings might completely transform the team in every way. In a in a for, to, to all the to the best, I mean, and I think um, I think we'll be. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I think it's 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 a real shame that we've ended up not being. Um, top of the group because um, uh, what's of Valencia are playing Atlanta, aren't they? Which is, you know, they're not very good, are, are they really, in comparison with Bayern? And, you know, if if if, if the penalty by um, Barkley had been taken by Jorginho, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But nonetheless, I really think we'll give them a decent game if it's a, if it's a slightly different team with, with some interesting purchases. So this is a really important period coming up now for the for the, the the for the whole future of the of the season coming. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know it's an absolutely enticing uh, match. I mean, you know, it could. Uh oh, is that the stylophone? To quote you, Marco, what the F Nakoku is that? I was just blowing my own trumpet. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. <laughs> Where was I? By Munich. Um... <coughs> well, <I> missed these. <coughs> is he dead? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm hanging out, just waiting to see. Like Bob Fleming on the. Floor, I know. So. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> Bayern Munich. Uh, I think it's a brilliant draw. I've got to be honest. I mean, how? I mean, talk about serendipity and narrative and all of that. You know, Frank Lampard 
you know, the captain on the night when we beat Bayern Munich in their own backyard and the, uh, as you said, Jonathan, you know, their, their, their stadium, their cup, our bloody cup, piss off. I think it's brilliant. Uh, but I have to say, they they are, uh, I mean, they're, they're quite a frightening team. Uh, 100% record in the group, scoring 24 goals. Uh, although they're only fifth in the Bundesliga, which surprised me. They've won eight, drawn three, lost four. So they're, they're not having a good season at home by their own usual high standards. Uh, Lewandowski, Coutinho, not him. He's always, he always scores against us when he was playing for Liverpool. Muller, still there. Gnabry, great striker. Perisic, good midfielder. Neuer, still there. Boateng and Alaba. It's going to be very, very tough, JK. But what do you reckon? Uh, as I say, I, th- I, I, I can't really make a judgment until I know what players we've got. Um, uh, because it's a long time ahead. I mean, it's February the 25th, yeah. I think, the first leg, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you don't know what our form's going to be like. But I, I think that they're... You know they're not playing in this de- defensive and breaking out mode that everybody else seems to be beating us with. They're they're very they're quite leaky at the back as well. Yeah, they're very attacking. It might just be absolutely perfectly. They're playing into the team we've got at the moment, playing into our our positives. But I I really think that we'll have a different team. I think it'll be a different team by then. I think he'll have made some decisions as will the board that will have will have bolstered the team up. Sing my song. Which one is that, Marco? Zaha, life is peaceful there. Zaha, <laughs> lots of open air. Zaha, to begin life new. Zaha, this is what we'll do. Zaha, sun in winter time. Zaha, we will do just fine. Zaha, where the sky are blue. Zaha. This and more will do. My God, that almost deserves a round. I am actually going to give that a round of applause. I'm that going was to qu- cheer. Hooray! That was Roar! quite. Zaha! That was that. That was Marco at his absolute finest. I have to say. Uh, well, I've got to say, Marco, the, the thought of Lewandowski, Coutinho, and Gnabry scares the absolute shit out of me. Is he still there? He's what? collapsed. He's collapsed in a heap after that effort. <laughs> Don't blame him. <laughs> uh, we'll wait till he's revived. Uh, the other thing I noticed about Bayern Munich, uh, they've got a manager, Jonathan, called Hansi Flick, or if you prefer, Hair Flick. Hair Flick. Wow. Hair Flick is their manager. Bloody hell. How apposite. How... Although apparently he's their interim manager because apparently, according to uh, Uli Hernis, he's there. Or is it? Is it? Uh, Rummenigge, I think it might be Rummenigge, but he's they're going to give him till Christmas at least. Well, they, but they sacked might the other guy longer. recently, didn't they? So they're not Kovacs, doing that well. Yeah. They're not doing that yeah. wonderfully, are they? If they sack the other guy, just as they've got some play, good players and good reputation, but um, uh, who is it? Leipzig are doing much better than them at the moment. They're second, aren't they? So um, no, they're top at the moment. They're top. Well, there we have. I it. think so. Yeah, and yeah, they're playing they're... Tottenham. Tee hee hee. Tee hee hee. Yeah. Uh, look, the bottom line is there's, there's no point us talking. I mean, there's so much conjecture. It's not until 25th of February and the 18th of March. A lot can happen between now and then. We might even have some new players like Zahar, uh, as Marco very much hopes. Uh, but I'm licking my lips. I think it's a great draw. Why not? You've got to beat the decent teams to get anywhere in the Champions League. So why- I tell you what, I'm just really glad it's not flaming PSG or Barcelona. Yeah. 
I, I have had enough of playing them. I was convinced it would be either of those two. I thought it would be PSG again. I thought, oh, bloody hell. It's like Nottingham Forest. When in doubt, draw them, you know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, OK, we've got some old rival, another old rival on uh, on Sunday in the 4.30 kickoff, uh, which, of course, is, is, you know, amongst our biggest matches of the season. Um. Goodness gracious me, where do we start with Spurs versus Chelsea? Marco, is it a blessing or a curse to play Spurs next week? Um, well, we have to play them, don't we? So why not play them at a point in time in our season when there is limited expectation, when everybody's like going, what's going on? Rather that than on the back of that seven-game winning streak, go up there and we've all got our tails up and then we get panelled 4-0 and, you know, Mourinho's giving it large, saying our sport's rubbish and uh, Frank can't beat a team in the top six, etc. So I'd rather I'd rather we're playing them now. Um, do, do I think he's kind of, I don't know, it's just like horrible or... Everything, everything about this fixture on Sunday is horrible. There are no redeeming features about it. <laughs> Mourinho is just going to be a snidey, horrible man that that he has grown up to be, um, and you know, try to be a ratings winner by uh, sticking it to Frank. Frank's going to be a modicum of. Um, uh nice niceness as he always is um I, f- I find it it's a shame actually that uh jody morris got muted by the club for, for uh, giving it back to Mourinho because that would have been quite fun um i i don't know you know uh you look at all you look at the form you look at what's going on and you think, oh, this is going to be like a tough gig. But we like that. And, you know, for me, there is nobody inside that football club, inside that dressing room, who knows more than what it means to anybody with the club, with any kind of attachment to it, how important you know, turning up and putting a performance in and getting a result against Tottenham is than Frank Lampard. So I'm just kind of happy that he's the man that's calling the shots, unlike, you know, if you, if you cast your minds back to a year ago when um, I think we'd won something like, I don't know, what was it? We'd gone something like 18 games unbeaten, I, I don't know under Sarri and then we went to Wembley and played Spurs and it was just absolutely embarrassing. I mean, it was, you know, that was just shocking. Um, the, 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 the way the team just... It's when Alonso got absolutely rinsed by Son, wasn't it? No, no, but there was just nothing there. There was, the manager was clueless, no understanding, there was no direction, nothing. You can bet your bottom dollar that first first few words in the, in uh, training at Cobham this morning when they got in there was right Saturday you're all a bunch of wankers turn up like that at White Hart Lane 
you can't do that. You know, you have to understand what this means to the supporters. I, you know, I, I would be astonished if Frank didn't paint that in colourful language for all those players uh, that are potentially going to play for Chelsea Football Club next Sunday for them to listen and understand. And that, and that for me, gives me a degree of confidence um, that, you know, we're just going to do the Chelsea thing and uh, but, but come form and um, get, a, get a result there. I hope yeah. so. I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree, actually, mate, because I think as, as well as Frank and also let's not forget Jody, and also let's not forget all of those young players who've been with Chelsea since the year dot, they'll know what it's all about. Uh, beating Spurs but also Frank you know he played under Mourinho I mean Frank became the player he did in large you know respect to down to Mourinho's management kind of made him the player he became he'll know Jose and what he's all about Uh, and I think that that also gives me a little bit of added uh, confidence dare I say it Jonathan one hopes one hopes Um, I think this will be He'll be the only manager we've had over the past few years who will be able to din into the players how important this fixture is because I don't think Sarri grasped it last year um, until, in fact, we played them in the in the League Cup when I think by then he did, he'd done his research or it had somehow trickled in that um, they really were the main, uh, the main um, opposition for the season. Um, I mean, not that it is for me, I have to say, because I've always been a, a, a Leeds detester myself because I'm that old. But um, uh, five free to play every week. Let me introduce our new signings for the season ahead. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I, I no idea. Let me introduce our new signings for the season ahead. I like that. Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> Cue Marco. <laughs> Oh man, so, alive! Um, so yeah, so uh, um, oh dear, we it, it it's 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 got all the the awfulness possibly written all over it, hasn't it? The crowing that will take place from Spurs fans and Mourinho were we to lose. Um, so uh, we just have to win or even draw. I think a draw would suit. Actually, I think we could come away with our heads held high with a draw. But it is uh, it's a huge. Um, banana skin isn't it really well it is i mean i i just think in a weird sense you know it is a good time to play them because we've been dogs for the last few games as we know in terms of results it's such a classic chelsea thing to do you know i i think i think the media attention will be very much on Mourinho and spurs and he'll be you know talking all sorts of crap this week no doubt and I suspect they'll all be expecting Tottenham to, to beat us. Mourinho can get one over on the evil Chelsea because all the fans hate him and they got rid of him. You know, that kind of fake news agenda bullshit. Um, so there we go. So I can, I can see us going over there and turning them over. And they'll, they'll have a go at us. They won't sit back. So I think that, that might be useful. We're better away as well. So, you know, it'll be very, very interesting. Unless he uh, specifically plays 10-man defence and gets us on the break. Which he's capable of doing. He's that kind of manager. He's capable of doing that at home if he thinks that's where we're vulnerable. He is, but I don't think Tottenham are capable of playing that. I think they played a little bit like that against um, uh, Wolves. 
they were more they were more solid, weren't they, than yeah. they have been. But yeah. I, I think they're much better going forward than they are defending. Yeah. Well, Son is such a good player as long as he doesn't run for um, the whole of the, the pitch of the penalty area. Yeah. Very similar goal to um, to Johnny Spencer, of course. Except it was, wasn't it? He beat lots of players, whereas. Whereas Johnny Spencer just ran for the edge of the penalty area up to the other one. Yeah. That was a wonder. I've got two two words for you, Jonathan. Yeah. Tony Rudiger. Yeah. <laughs> I I wanna see I wanna see a reducer on Son. Actually, do you know what? I, I I would I would if all I want for Christmas, boys, is for Tony Rudiger to reduce that horrible little shit Delhi Alley in the first minute. That would make me a very, very happy man, Marco. Yeah, um. I can I can see I can see it. It's conjured up an image in your head, doesn't it, Mark? I can tell. Uh, anyway, Ballack would have done that. I remember Ballack yeah. against Liverpool um, in the first minute, um, kicking McMahon up in the air, and that was the end of that. He never played. He never played in the match again. When he was there, he was just a shadow of his former self. And you think, yeah, yeah. that would be quite nice if we could manage to do that to a couple right. of Spurs players. All right, let's let's nail our colours to the mast, Jonathan. What are you going for? A win or a draw? Uh, I think it'll be two-two. Two-two, Marco. Uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot more than that. I don't know. I, I can see sort of three. I can I can just see it being a, a ridiculous because they can't defend either, can they? No, exactly. <clears throat> There's two teams that can't defend. Um, be nil nil then. No, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, I, I just hope for the best. I wouldn't want to nail my colours to the mast. With no, well, I, I, go on, just pluck one out of the air. Remember, there, there's no that you've already got a copy of the liquidator, so there's nothing at stake. Three three. Three three. So you two are going for draws. I'm going to go. I'm with Kurt here. Kurt says three two. I'm going to go for three two. You know why not? That that'll that'll screw up my who knows wins acker this weekend. That's for sure. Well, whatever it is, it's going to be massive. Hate losing to Spurs, and then to lose to Spurs with Jose in charge would just be. I tell you, it would it would just ruin my Christmas, man. I have to say, I'll say it now. I'll say it again. It will ruin my Christmas. So you know, I I will I will never forget being at Bournemouth away, uh, and I think it might have been Conte's. Uh, Annas Herob, no, it was either Jose or Conte. I can't remember which one it is. It was an. I think it might have been Jose's season when it was all going a bit peat tong. Maybe it was Conte then. I, I anyway, I can't remember one of them. And we've been playing awful, and the players had absolutely let us down. And we spent most of the second half singing "Beat fucking Tottenham." You better beat fucking Tottenham. We left them in absolutely no doubt what they had to do and uh, bless them they did um all right okay moving on part four loads of emails we'll be back in a minute real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and it's time for your emails. We've got Jonathan Kidd on the show, of course, and Marco Worrell. But Jonathan, off you go, son. 
This is email number one. It's from Rab. Hello, Wall Street. Email of the week. Email of the week. I'm sorry, I should have said. I go, email of the week. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, Email one, Rab. Hello, all. Slightly interactive email here, hopefully. I'm writing to you wonderful people. Oh, thank you very much. On the Tuesday after watching what, to my mind, was another midfield masterclass by Matteo Kovacic at Goodison Park. And I'm still drooling over it, in particular, his own dribbling abilities. It's got me reflecting that Chelsea seem to have had a remarkable number of supremely gifted dribblers over the years. And I simply wanted to ask a wider audience who they thought was the best they had seen at gliding effortlessly past players with the ball. Not so much the energetic acceleration of players like Robin or Walker, which although just as thrilling in full flight, I mean that effortless brilliance as exhibited this season by Cover. Not to pontificate, but that Zidane-esque, graceful, yet almost languid style. Yeah, so few players possess, yet the kind we seem to have had in abundance. Hazard, I imagine, will be up there for those of all ages. Zola, obviously. But I'm especially keen to hear from the more Yada-type supporters. (laughs) If indeed social media is still dictating that this is the label for seemingly anyone over 35 who attended a match. Was Osgood in his pomp better at beating players than Pat Nevin? As a quick aside, I met Pat at Goodison, the third time I've been third time I've been lucky enough to meet him. And can I just say what a truly fantastic, lovely man he really is. He, he, I actually he. spoke more to him about music than Chelsea. But anyway, back to the pitch. How about the late grey Ray Wilkins? I don't mean to shoehorn my agenda into your already busy script, but if there is any time to discuss it at a later date, I really would love to hear where Kovacic ranks among our most skilled and silky players. Top work as always, up the chair! Um, he, really did, he really did write that, didn't he? He did, about 19 E's and L's and S's. Um, uh, Wilkins, never sleek and silky beating players, never ever. Um, great at beating the odd player and then spraying a fantastic 30-yard pass or very pertinent pass through. That was his. Those were his strengths. Uh, Nevin, brilliant at beating players. Zola, to me, never never huge at beating players. Could do it, but it was more his getting into a great position with a couple of moves and then having a fantastic shot um, on target from wherever. You've dismissed, Rab, you've dismissed Robin, but I didn't think it was down to energetic acceleration. I thought he had the best skill of anybody to, for me. I thought Robin was the best player I've seen, um, best winger. Um, I thought you've missed out Hullet, who had this completely bizarre, um, just his feet were so quick, statuesque almost ability to, somebody would lunge at him and he'd just push it out of their way. And then always looking up Hullet to play a ball, looking up for players. And then he would beat player after player and find himself at the edge of the penalty area and think, oh, I'll start it, I'll have a shot. And they'd either score or hit the bar. He was just absolutely remarkable like that. He was He's one of my favourite players ever, Hullet. I just, I just loved that uh, ability. And, of course, you've got Charlie Cook, who he similarly had a great ability to beat players. But by, by sending them the wrong way, he would go up to them and then just dip a shoulder and they'd go left and he'd flick it right and run after it. I mean, he's up there for me, Charlie Cook. I know you haven't mentioned him. Osgood wasn't great at beating players. He could do, but he was one or two and then into the penalty area and then once again a terrific pass or a shot. Um, uh, Zidane, I don't quite, uh, I didn't see him enough to make that comparison actually. Clive Walker just used to kick the ball, very, very, kick it past somebody and run after it. I never thought he was 
brilliant at um, well you've said it acceleration of players he was he was more like that i mean not to not to take anything away from walker who scored some fabulous goals and can turn games absolutely brilliantly with his, his acceleration um but uh, kovacic is um uh, very high up there indeed with the brilliance of some of his performances this year and I don't think we've seen enough of him to make this kind of assessment yet I think you need a couple of seasons before you say actually he really is a top player Hazard is probably the best at beating people I think um, but Hullet's up there with him and Robin's up there with him for me um, but that's also because my memory is remembering recently as opposed to going back further but um uh, that's my. Those are my views. Uh, uh, anybody else got a nip in there? We're about it. No, Marco. Um, oh, I concur with my learned colleague there. Oh, sweet I, of you, Marco. Sweet of you. Yes, I defer to the honourable gentleman. <laughs> uh, sorry, Marco. Go on, mate. You were about to say oh, something. Oh no, no. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, it's kind of like we're in a weird. It's a weird time. This is a weird week, isn't it, for Chelsea? It's kind of Tottenham away. And everybody is kind of in a humdrum mood, thinking, oh. Humdrum days and humdrum ways. Well, it is, isn't it? And, and it's kind of, <laughs> I don't know, it's like, oh, Tottenham away, Mourinho, oh, oh. And we just kind of need that big feel-good factor that Tammy Abraham rippling the net in the fifth minute uh, would bring and silencing that big wall of sound. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll be fine. Patience. Well, I, I just to get back to, to, to Rab's point, uh, you know, that's a good, it's a good one, isn't it, Jonathan? I mean, I think Hazard... Uh, I, there's something about Hazard. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't say. I mean, like Charlie Cook. I, I didn't I didn't see Charlie Cook play play live, but you know, though I I know so many people. I mean, Martin King, funnily enough, absolutely says he's the best player he's seen play for Chelsea. You know, a lot of the older boys will tell you about Charlie Cook, and there was a gracefulness about him. Mm. Uh, I think Pat, in his way, was was graceful. Jimmy Greaves, you know, don't underestimate him. He he used to glide across the pitch. Again, I'm going from what he I've seen on really the. On be, the he didn't. He, no, but he exactly. He, just his wonderful ability in the box was the big. He thing. would go past people though because he would he would yeah, glide. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. He, Very graceful player. But we're not looking but for a three or four beating three or four players. No, but that's what I mean. I mean Hazard. I wouldn't call Hazard graceful, but I think what what made Hazard <laughs> so spellbinding to watch was his big fat ass and his his low center of gravity, which meant that. People would just bounce off him, even though he was a very diddy little guy, and and the ball would stick to his foot. Uh, I mean, I think I think the ball would stick to Hazard's foot in a way that I very rarely. I mean, George Best it used to stick to his foot, didn't it, Jonathan? Yeah. In a similar kind of way, it's mesmerising. Uh, so there we go, Zola. I'd, I'd agree with what you said on there. For me, it would be a, a toss up between Wee Pat and uh, and Hazard, but I think Hazard would edge it. So there you go. That's all I got to say about that. Um, good, good email, Rab. Like your work, mate. Anyway, uh, next one is for me uh, from Alex Davidson, who we hear from weekly. I love hearing from Alex. He says, "Dear Chidge Kiddo and fellow brothers of Chelsea Nation, enjoyed Monday's Chelsea Fancast podcast as always. So nice to have a slice of home twice a week. Thanks." 
Uh, and thanks for reading out my last email in its entirety. I mean, I'm flattered. Can't wait for the next Chelsea special. Might Glenn Hoddle be a suitable guest one day, considering how pivotal he was in the transformation of Chelsea? Just an idea. I, w- I would absolutely, I would love to to get Glenn Hoddle on it. I'll I'll get my people on it. Um, my people could support his people. He'd want a fee, wouldn't he, Judge? Um, well, it depends. You know, depends, 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 depends. Uh, depends who his agent is, uh, or if I can tap up some. I have a mate who works at BT Sport. There you go. I shall say no more. Uh, anyway, after listening to the post mortem of the Everton game, I had a few thoughts. First, Big Dunk probably did nothing, but tell the Toffees to finally man up. I agree, and that's what they did. All credit to them. Chidge, you mentioned that Ferguson told his squad, don't be second best. Best advice ever. Having said that, I don't agree Chelsea were bullied. They were initially surprised at Everton's energy and spikiness. As Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. (laughs) That's very true. Chelsea actually did respond quite well. It was just one of those weird days where Everton had three chances and scored three goals. Chelsea had far more but were not clinical enough. Same old story there, boys. Next, I completely agree about the annoyance of watching Chelsea try to pass their way to goal. That was Sarri ball. They have to move the ball far quicker. Nothing wrong with being a fast-moving, fast-thinking, counter-attacking team. Next, it's nice to have... Uh, ball-playing defenders, but their first responsibility is to be defenders first and be ball-players second. It's a mindset as much as it is a skill set. Keep Keeping clean sheets should also be a point of pride. Next, as scintillating as it is to watch intricate skills, what the Everton game showed is that there are times when a more industrial strength approach is merited. When Ruben Loftus-Cheek is fit again, having the option to add his physical presence in midfield will be invaluable. Mind you, Kovacic has learnt not to shirk a challenge in his second season at the bridge. Bang on, actually. I think, again, that's something underestimated about Kovacic. The the true Croat is coming out, finally. Next, I'm not, per se, a Kepa fan, but I'm not in the dump smoky camp either. Although Kepa is no Czech, neither is he playing behind the same robust defence. Kepa has a lot of room to improve, as do the defenders in front of him. However, have faith that Frank and Jody will develop the defensive unit over time. Last, when Chelsea do enter the transfer market, I hope they go looking for the hidden gems a la Leicester City, rather than up for the marquee signings you see at the likes of Real Madrid. And any additions should fill a recognised, defined need. As you guys have pointed out, left-back has become a pressing need. I'm signing off after watching Chelsea win 2-1 versus Lille. I'm happy they're through to the uh, Champions League knockout rounds, but they'll have to be far more ruthless going forward. They allowed Lille back into a game. They should have won 4-0 by half-time. Cheers, fellas. Alex from Bo- uh, Boston. Couldn't disagree with any of that, really, JK. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Should have been 4-0. Hang up. on. Um, yep. And I'm not sure about the, the transfer market thing. I think I, I reckon a marquee signing would be um, very interesting, even if it's yeah. one... Um, but uh, you then don't we as we've said before we don't want to buy any of uh, somebody who just is a squad player because that just uh, there you know we've got all the the youth to do that coming through. Um, I just think they need to fill those areas that we clearly have pointed out of being the problems. Um, and as I've said, um, uh, I'd like there to be uh, somebody to come in to challenge Kepper, not to replace him necessarily. Because most most teams have got three goalkeepers, we've only got two, and I'm afraid that I think Ruben Loftus Cheek may not make it this season. But let's see. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. It's world class we need. That's what I think. You know, if you lose world class, I mean, you don't, you cannot. Ch- ch- I don't think you can challenge for Champions League. No titles or Premier League titles unless you've got three about I think a minimum of four world class players and I think we 
we probably have you know one stroke maybe two and a half you know so we 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 need to we need to strengthen there right next email uh, uh is for you jonathan tim wingfield i almost i almost said ting winfield which wouldn't be uh wing commander wingfield wing wing timfield no sorry tim wingfield good day gents hope you're all well especially after the heartbreak of a loss <laughs> we'll get there we bloody well will hope so mate now unfortunately it is another loss against another team with their backs against the wall and even more worrying bournemouth were missing their first choice center backs and striker we don't seem to be able to beat those teams fighting against the odds nor do we seem able to beat the big clubs at the moment we're in a bit of a rut one that slightly mirrors frank's season at derby last year when they says very good point when they started well then began to slide down the table mid-season which of course is to be expected with a new young manager in charge but then they, of course they went back up again didn't they but let's hope our results improve soon also how how is it that we find it harder to win at home than away well i think that's because of the way the uh, the teams are set up um anyway we have a few issues don't we the defense is a serious worry the display against bournemouth like everton was awful but we seem to be struggling struggling creatively at the moment too i don't want to say we should rush to the transfer market now that it's an option but the last five to six weeks in the league have shown the current reality of where we are with the strength of our squad and how far we still have to go before we're a stable and consistently performing top team however make no mistake the youth are coming but they need some help. Tammy needs help. Mount needs help. Pulisic, Tomori, Odoi. They're growing into fine players, but they need one or two more seasoned, mature professionals around them who can take hold of the game and drive it when we're struggling to find a way to create or finish. Chid, you mentioned a few weeks ago, Tammy needs more support from an experienced striker who he can learn from that doesn't disrupt his position in the team too much while also pushing, while also pushing him. And you suggested Manzukic. Uh, another who could be an option, I think, is is uh, Ciro Immobile. Is that right? Ciro Immobile? I don't know. Ciro. Ciro. Thank you. Well done. He scored 84 goals in 120 appearances for Lazio. He's 29. though they won't buy him. And is still sharp with pace to his game. I think he slots in pretty well. I don't think they're going to buy an old player at all. I'm sorry. A few others who are maybe a bit far-fetched and might only get two seasons out of their bodies are Cavani, 32 Mertens, 32, Insignia, 28, or Callum Wilson, 27. It'd be great to get your thoughts on those and anyone else you think could do a job for Chelsea in other positions. I want to finish now discussing our stadium. From your knowledge, will the redevelopment still be happening? Do you know if it'll be the same design? Personally, I love the design, a cathedral of football. I've also read a few articles saying there's still the potential we could relocate. That would be a disaster. Stamford Bridge is our home, and so it always should be. Looking forward to hearing all your thoughts on the above. Love the pod as always. All the best. Tim. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Chidge, what do you reckon about um, the ground? I was under the impression uh, um, he's waiting. Roman is still waiting to see what his situation with uh, regards his visa. Uh, I suspect the, the new government might be um, looking upon him favorably. Uh, but... Um, we don't know, do we? Now, I've not heard anything about it. The design changing, um, well, at all. So. I, I know, I know all about it, but I can't tell you because I'd have to shoot you. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I, I, to be really honest, I, I will be, I will be amazed. I will be amazed if, if, if it happens. Actually, I really, really will be. I think it's just dragged on too long. I think it will cost far too much money. 
it's coming up any... for a renewal, isn't it? The um, the is it the uh, what to call it? The um, planning permission. Planning permission. Yeah, it may well be. I mean, I, I, I just that's just my personal view. I, I mean, I was taking the piss a minute ago, and I said I know because I don't, you know. But my personal view is I just don't. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I also personally don't think we need to move. Really, I think all this need for a bigger stadium is just basically my willy's bigger than your willy and it's just something that people on social media get exercised about probably because they've got small willies um the reality yeah, is irrelevant, hasn't it from, from a financial well, point of view because all the money is achieved via television it's got nothing to well do with exactly the it's, the you, you, we we get all the money from the tv if if that bubble bursts then we've got a problem i grant you but the reality is is that for the billion quid that we're gonna have to spend on that stadium then they weren't uh, going to increase the capacity. I mean, you know, but maybe maybe ten five thousand more supporters. I mean, it was it was marginal really because most of them were going to the corporates where they make money, you know. So plus the fact that if they were going to rebuild it, they would have shoved us up to Wembley for four years. So wave bye bye to possibly fifty percent of the supporters that go on a match day who most would who whom would jack it all in. So that's my view, but I really generally. I have no idea what the state of play is at all. Uh, in terms of strikers, Tim, well, you know, yeah, I, I just think it would do him good. I mean, if if, if, Giroud, if Giroud is not the right striker for Frank, which I think is clearly the case, I still think it would be great for Tammy to have somebody to mentor him. So if we're going to get, you know, an experienced striker, get somebody who... Uh, will play in the way that Frank wants so they can actually contribute, unlike Giroud, who doesn't seem to be able to contribute anymore, but also somebody who had meant to. I mean, who it might be, I have no idea. Marco, got any ideas? Kind of mentor-type striker? Uh, do you know what? I, I, I think that the, um, the striker solution is... Um, Zaha. Well, no, I, I don't think... I think there's a centre forward out there um, that, that, that that's relevant and available. So I think what we need is a Hazard-esque figure. I'm not saying it's Wilfred's a half or one minute, but I think you know I like Tammy up front. I like the fact he works hard. He reminds me a lot of Kerry Dixon. Um, you know when he does score, he can have a crap game. And the ball goes in off the back of his neck or whatever, and he gets a goal credit, you know. And he's scored all those goals goals already this season. Um, you know, I I think Tammy with a really good foil, you know, the Dixon speed, you know, all of that, all of that stuff. I just think that would work, and I really think that we should be looking for um, that caliber of player. And I'm sorry. You know, for all the aficionados of um, Christian Pulisic and Callum Hudson Adoy, uh, and um, you know all, all, all of those players in the ranks, we have to go out and we have to buy a world-class player uh, because we don't have one in that department, and and that is the area that we need it. I don't think buying a striker um, is the solution to, to, to get in the goals. It's the man who sits behind the striker, that works with the striker, that will, will make the difference. My humble opinion. Yeah, my humble opinion, 
just to uh, <clears throat> you know draw a line under the stadium thing is that I like Stamford Bridge as it is. I'm you know call me a, a selfish old git. I'm probably am a selfish old git, but it's what I'm used to and I've always liked it. I don't see any point in moving and, and I, you know. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a difficult argument. I get that. I can see the point. Is that, all is that sides. Happen, though? No, I don't think it's going to happen, mate. I really don't. But that's a personal view. It's I don't know anything. <laughs> we, we will twenty of we will have the apart from Bournemouth, we will have the smallest stadium in the Premier League. But I don't. I think we've got the ninth largest stadium, or at the moment in the Premier League, but we've got the seventy seventh largest stadium in Europe. Well, who cares? How about that? I don't. I don't care. I like it. Anyway, enough. Last email of the week. Almost feel like a drum roll moment. It's Charlie Huskinson. Hi, Chidge and the gang. First time emailer here. I've been meaning to send you an email for quite some time. And after some success in the Who Knows Wins, I thought it was a good time. In fact, that's right, because Ch- uh, Charlie won it uh, the weekend, as I as I mentioned earlier. Well done, Charlie. Great performance, mate. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning of the season. Where have you been, Charlie? We've only been doing it for... I mean, I've forgotten how many years I've been so in. I think this is our 11th, our 11th season. It'll be... It'll be 12 come April, blimey. Um, Anyway, I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning of the season and ever since I've been absolutely hooked. Love listening to you guys and I can't thank you enough for the job you do giving us great listening about our beloved Chelsea. A brief background on my Chelsea fandom. I was bought the home shirt with my name on the back for my seventh birthday in 2001. And that, well, that now I can understand why you... That's the reason, Chidge, yeah. Yes, I, I take it all back, yeah. Charlie. You are forgiven. Uh, and that was me. So hang on, if it's seven, seven in 2001, so he's born in 1996, that makes him what, Jonathan? 25. 23, I thought. 1996. Yeah. Bloody hell. It's great to have you on board, Charlie. It's not. I, I, my presumption is that, that we appeal to, you know, miserable old curmudgeonly gits. It's lovely to have somebody relatively young listening to the show. Fair play. Sorry, anyway, twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, fair play. And he said, anyway, that was me sold. So basically, he would have been uh, eleven when we started. How about that? Anyway, unfortunately, after where well, I've, I've lost my thread now because I'm so excited by this. Anyway, in seventh birthday in two thousand and one, and that was me sold. Not long after, I went to my first game versus Spurs, where Zola scored an unbelievable free kick. I remember that very, very well. I was there uh, but, too. Yeah. But back to the here and now. I'm loving Frank being in charge. It's a dream come true, as he was my favourite player growing up. Unfortunately, after the great start from Frank and the youth, now we're having a bit of a poor patch. A lot of the people at the bridge are getting on the boys' backs. Disgraceful, I say. Saturday, the amount of crap Mason Mount was getting, even though the whole team was poor, is outrageous. We've all got to remember we would have taken a top 10 finish and a good cup run at the beginning of the season and let the boys keep learning and improving. We'll get there in the end. Sorry for this long email. Trust me, Charlie, by the standards of most of our correspondence, this is not a long email. Anyway, and thank you all uh, for all you do at the Chelsea Fancast and up the Chelsea. Charlie Huskinson, Husky158 on Who Knows Wins. Well, again, congratulations for winning, uh, Charlie. Delighted uh, that you wrote in on the back of that and delighted that you love the show and you listen and delighted that you, you, you are sensible enough to say what I've been saying all season which is that my expectations were much of what you say. Top 10 finish, good cup run. Um, Marco, uh, I ask you rather than Jonathan, because I know Jonathan's in the East Stand, and having met a few of his compatriots this uh, weekend, I I can't trust anything that they say. Uh, But um, 
<laughs> Marco. It's worse, though, Chid. You met the worst too. Well, I, I'm sure it was. A, it was. I'm uh, talking of which, actually. Quick, quick uh, tangent. Uh, I also met Alan Hudson in Aussies yeah. with you, which was lovely. Yeah. He looked on good form, didn't he? Bless him. Yeah, and then Canners was in there as well the last game before. And gave oh, him, was he? Gave me an enormous hug. It was so, so, yeah. jo- so joyful. Yeah, he was I love Canners. Anyway, uh, yeah, Marco, I, I didn't hear much uh, grief in the stadium for Mason Mount. Uh, did you hear anything where you were? I mean, you're not far away from me, so I suspect probably not. I've never heard any. There is no... I haven't heard any dissenting voices. Uh, there, there were a few groans uh, about William, but they were technical groans. Uh, but there was no abuse for any, um, or there hasn't been any abuse for, for, for any of the players. Uh, maybe, maybe you mean social media. Well, no, no, yeah, exactly, yeah. Which is just nuts. But I mean, never ever believe anything you see on social media unless it's tweeted by me, Marco, or Jonathan. <laughs> Have a look. It's good advice. Wilfred Zahar's just scored a scored a worldie for Palace. Has he? Could be his last goal for Palace. Not really. We'll see you no. next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> see the, just, we'll just see a, you next week. Remember singing that to um to Victor Moses when he That's was right. At, yeah. at Wigan away. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I was there yeah. for that. And Diego Costa yeah. against uh, Atletico. I mean, I, you see, I was under the impression that when we played Palace earlier in the season, that Zaha, who was in uh, Reese James's pocket for the entire match, yeah. failed his audition somewhat. I there am, you go. I am only uh, joking about okay. laughing uh, yeah. because I, I agree he was completely in Reese James's pocket when we played them, but. You know, as he's just clearly demonstrated, uh, he he can score goals. So I rate him, you know, I rate him hugely. I think he's really. What is what is really strange is you've got this huge um, because we haven't been able to sign any players. Um, you know, people have been saying, "Well, you know, look at the kids, aren't they great?" Blah blah blah, and look how well Williams doing. He's reborn. And then we hit a bad patch of form and it's, well, you know, we haven't been able to sign any players and William was yeah. done anyway. Um, and, and all of a sudden it's like, sign Jaden Sancho. But he's 20 years old. You know, 100 million for a 20-year-old. Come on. You know, or, or sign Ben Chilwell. Why would Ben Chilwell want to leave Leicester City who are in the top four and going to qualify for the Champions League and having to look at... Um, you know, he might want to double his wages, yeah, and come to Chelsea, but really, you know, nice idea, not going to happen in January. What is going to happen in January? I don't know. Um, but it needs to be a player um, who is able to get off his butt, perform in January, um, and improve the team. And does that happen in January? Phew. I'm really, sure. you know, I'm really not that sure, and it just creates a whole load of pressure um, on the player coming in, um, and on the rest of the team, and on the player that drops out to accommodate him. And I would just rather uh, we we just get through, unless unless there's an extraordinary player that becomes available in January, and you know, why would they become available in January? I'd just rather. Let's get through this season um, and see where we are. If there is a player that can improve the team, if it's Wilfred Zahar, 
maybe I, I don't know. I don't know what the terms of his contract are. Why would he want to leave in January? Unless it was to double his wages, and I thought he was an Arsenal supporter anyway. You know, all, all of those things. I don't know. You know, I'd, I'd rather we went and bought Richarlison if we're going to be a bit balmy and go and stick a load of money on the table for a player and do something different. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's Chelsea, isn't it? That's, that's... You know, you know who we should sign, Marco. Huh? You know who we should sign? Who? Mickey Thomas. <laughs> we signed him in January, Seriously? didn't we? Seriously, who you you've got one player that you can sign who's going to make a difference, and clearly that means where we are at the moment. We can't score enough goals. We can't convert chances. Got Do you know who I'd sign? One player, yeah, but who you've got a realistic chance of signing? Not, not you know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Pookie. They won't sell him. <laughs> Buying him enough money, mate. He's scoring goals in the Premier League. Why not? Him or Delafeo, actually. Although I think Delafeo's a bit kind of moody, so I'm not so sure about him. But he'd, play, he'd do well on a team like Chelsea, and so would Pukki. He's a good striker. Puts the ball away. Silence. Silence. I've silenced them. No, no, I Unlike agree. Me. I think he's terrific. I, I'm just not convinced that they'll be interested in... Uh... Well, they're going down, mate. Fuck it. Do you they'll, know they'll what? Do you know what? I'll, tell you what? I'll tell you what will be completely bonkers, right? But what we're look, what are we looking at? What what do Chelsea, what do we want Chelsea to do between now and the end of the season? If Chelsea finished in the top four and let's say had a cheeky little run in the FA Cup, maybe won it, happy days. So... One player that is going to get Chelsea the goals that A, would consolidate or get them in that top four and potentially win the FA Cup. Who could that player be? Let me tell you. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> you can laugh. You can laugh. But it's a, short, it's a short-term fix. You tell me another player that we could sign who goes straight into that Chelsea team. They mentioned him on uh, Love Sport, and I, I laughed all the way to the, okay, uh, the well, break. T- tell me another player who Chelsea could sign in January that would score 15 goals between January and the end of the season. Neyman. Giroud. Oh, you like who? No, Nobody has an answer. Don't, you know, the kids out there going, oh, Jadon Sancho, bollocks. Not going to happen. They're not going to buy no, got... him. Why would they buy a 20-year-old? Well, why, where's this, where's this ridiculous what? thing come from? It's like trying to buy Ake. What a load of complete rubbish that well, is. It's, it's, all Chelsea need is a squirt from now to the end of the season, a squirt of goals. So it's not I thought sh- you meant a, a small squirt, a little but squirt of a player. We tried it before, didn't we? You know, it was like Higuain last year. That was going to be the squirt of goals. Didn't happen. Um, but you know, but we tried it. He was so, a plank, wasn't he? Complete plank. Kind of that. There's kind of that appetite to do it. You know, um, who was the other one? Was it Pato? I can't remember. Yeah, Pato. Yeah, you know, we, we we do try. I mean, even Torres. God, he was a January signing, and and so was um, Giroud. He was a January signing. Did all right, didn't he? Giroud. 
Giroud came in, got us the goals that got us to the All right. FA just, Cup just, final. Just, just to prove that I'm not completely stupid, like I know most people think I am, let me read you the top goal scorers chart for the Premier League. Right? Jamie Vardy, 16. <laughs> we ain't signing him. Tammy Abraham, 11. We've already got him. Pat Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 11 goals. Doubtful. Marcus Rashford, 10 goals. We ain't signing him. Sadio Mane, 9 goals. We ain't signing him. Mohamed Salah, 9 goals. We ain't signing him. So we're down to like 1, 2, that's 3. They're 4, equal 4th. Oh, and who comes after uh, Mohamed Salah? Timu Puki, 9 goals, 3 assists. On the same number of goals as Harry Kane and Sergio Aguero and Danny Ings and Raheem Sterling. I'm just Googling Pookie to Chelsea to see if there's anything in... If he comes to Chelsea, Marco, he can become a Pookie blinder. (laughs) Timu Pookie had Chelsea trial. No way. Here we go. Hold on. Let's have a look at this. Yes. Timu Pookie, as the scout has revealed... His trial in London. Blah, blah, blah. The finish forward. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. Speaking to the... The talent spotter said, I had followed Timu since he was 16 when I was working for Chelsea as an international senior scout. I saw him play for Finland under 17s at a tournament in Portugal. Knew I had seen something special and told Chelsea about him. Timu had a week's trial at Chelsea, but maybe it was too early for him. A couple of years later, he went to Seville. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, people. Timu Puki to Chelsea. We don't need Ron's rumours. Chidges, Chidges, whatever's. I don't know. We'll have to think of Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Time to wrap this up. Thank you for all your emails this week. We love getting emails from you. And by the way, Vinod, I'm very sorry you missed the cut today. I'd already sent the script out to the boys, but you'll get in the next one, I promise. Uh, so anyway, we do, we do, do. We always read them out. So if you send them in, we'll read them out. Send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com. And as Vinod has found out, you need to get them in by Monday morning at the latest. Otherwise, they miss the cut. Right, that is all we've got time for this week. And that's it, actually, until after Christmas for the uh, the Monday night version of this show. Very sad, but uh, very necessary, I'm afraid, because I've got to have Christmas with my family. Anyway, we'll be back on Monday, December the 30th. Uh, when I'll be joined by Jonathan, as ever, and Alex Churchill. And we'll be, good. This me, we'll have a busy show because we'll be looking back at Chelsea's matches against Spurs, Southampton and Arsenal. So there we go. The busy period of the year is uh, upon us. However, we are back this Friday uh, on the Love Sport radio show between 7 o'clock and 8. And uh, myself and Dan Silver will be joining Matt Beadle to discuss all things Chelsea. Don't forget you can phone in, join in the show and debate with us live. The number to call is 0208 70 20 558. Uh, and of course, uh, this week, I believe, uh, Love Sport has now gone national. So uh, all you have to do is find, uh, find it on your digital radio and it will be there. Uh, but if, you, if you're not in the country or you haven't got a digital radio, you can get it online at Radio Player, TuneIn or lovesportradio.com. 
And of course, I shove it up as a podcast afterwards, uh, where you'll find all of our podcasts on Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other lesser-known podcast distributors. Uh, quick Twitter shout-outs. Follow us at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17 Marco, uh, and of course, our writers uh, are at Nick Stroudley, at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears, at CFCGWLB, and she's also, Alex, of course, is also one of our podcasters. And they are... At Goalie59, that's Clayton. At Joe Tweedy, which is Joe Tweedy. At Grocer Jack UK, which is Tony Glover. At Dan Silve 73 which is Dan. And at Liam underscore Toomey. And occasionally at Dean Mears. And a massive, massive, massive thank you to the wonderful Dane Whittle, who has taken over the job of managing our Instagram account and is doing a fine job, much loved by people out there. Uh, that's on at Chelsea Fancast, of course. Uh, so there we go. Uh, right, on behalf of the Monday uh, night team... Uh, we would like to wish you all a very, very happy Christmas uh, and thanks for your support during this year. Uh, and we hope that Santa fills up your blue stockings with something nice. Isn't that right, gents? Yes. I'll just I'll take it on the nod from Marco. Right, uh, Marco, it's been brilliant having you on. You've been on fire tonight, mate. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Right. What- Oh, what fun it is to see Chelsea beat Spurs away. Yes, that would be lovely. That would be a nice Christmas present, wouldn't it? As I said earlier, it would ruin my Christmas if we were to lose. But there you go. Uh, Marco, you've been brilliant. Thanks as ever, particularly as you've got a stinking cold. Well done, mate. Jonathan, as always, you've been legendary. What was that thing you said earlier? You said, uh, um, what was his name? Smith or somebody rather you said? What are you talking about, Willis? Very earlier on, Gigi. You, you've lost me. You said at the very beginning, after I'd done my rant, you said, uh, uh, by the way, that's something for later, you said. Oh, oh, I, I'll tell you later. Tell me later, Chidge. I'll tell you later. Uh, right, that's it for uh, that's it for now, before Christmas. We'll be back after Christmas on the Monday show. But uh, you lot in Mixler, as always, have been absolutely wonderful and brilliant. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.